This is Free Talk Live, and you can, of course, as always, take control of the airwaves here, bring up whatever it is that's on your mind. Live Saturday edition of the program, though things are going to be a lot different tonight. Uh, we, a couple times a year, will go out on location to a, a couple of Free State Project events. We talk a lot about the Free State Project on Free Talk Live because, well, we moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State it's Project important to us. back in 2006 from our uh, original home uh, of Florida. And that's because, well, thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people are all getting together into the same place uh, to work toward more liberty in our lifetime. And that's that's pretty important. So we actually take the time to come out to these events. And, you know, most of the time, if you hire a radio show to do a live event, especially a national, nationally syndicated radio show, they're probably going to charge you thousands of, of dollars. I'd say that's a safe bet, yeah. yeah. I mean, depending on market size, if it's a smaller town, maybe a few hundred dollars for, like, a local jock to come out and, you know, run whatever deal it is you automotive yep. tent sale things that uh, that you hear all the time give out some to, pizza and some balloons at your uh big huge saturday sale right so, you know and then to uh you know to something where we're on for a full three hours so whereas like on a music station a, a disc jockey will call in once an hour or something like that or twice an hour uh we're you know constantly here promoting this uh, this event the liberty forum and we've done it uh, for free always because the free state project's a great idea and getting people out to these events is so important because it brings People who love liberty together. Uh, someone was commenting to me earlier that it's uh, it's an important networking event. You get to meet all kinds of interesting folks that otherwise wouldn't necessarily come together to the same place, and it gives uh, people an excuse to do that. And at a pretty good price, uh, the Liberty Forum this weekend, I think for the VIP tickets was two hundred nine dollars uh, yeah. for a convention that lasts from a Thursday through a Sunday. It was an incredible value, and it turned out to be, according to the former president of the Free State Project, bigger than ever. Yep. So this has happened several times in the past. Uh, this one bigger than ever, which is just great. And of course, you know, we've had people like Ron Paul uh, here in the past as well. And all kinds of interesting folks are in and out throughout the weekend. John here. Stossel. Did, uh, did That's right. Stossel's been here. Many other folks. Uh, Napolitano mm -hmm. was here. J the judge. The judge. And uh, so w we've been talking with some of these people uh, as they've come through. We can't talk to them all. There are hundreds of them here, but we do have some select folks that... Uh, thankfully, have taken their time out of their schedules to, uh, to talk with us. And one of them is a, is a hero of mine. Carlos Miller uh, is with us here on the third microphone tonight, straight out of uh, Florida in the Miami area. Good evening, Carlos. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. It is, uh, it is great to have you here, uh, finally in person. I mean, we certainly talked in the past, and uh, we followed uh, your adventures, shall we call them, in yeah. photography? Yes, they are adventures. They never <laughs> stop. Did you expect it when you became a photographer, when you got interested in, in taking pictures and video? Uh, did you ever ever expect that this was going to be where you ended up? Well, you know what's funny is I'm actually a writer by trade. I went to school for writing. I was hired as a writer for newspapers when I worked in the newspapers. And I became a photographer because I worked at a small-town newspaper in New Mexico. They gave me a camera. They go, you got to take your own photos. I was intimidated at first. This was in the, in the mid-'90s, late-'90s. And it was a manual camera. I started taking photos. I liked it. So I became a, a writer who took photos. That was my, I was known throughout my career, even as I moved on to bigger newspapers like the Arizona Republic, San Bernardino Sun. I, I imagine was, that makes it much more valuable, too. I mean, how many writers do that? Well, not many. Not many writers. And I was always a cop reporter, which meant I covered law enforcement. So I would always cover breaking news. And I always had my camera with me. And, and I enjoyed taking pictures. When I, when I got arrested in 2007, I suddenly became known as the photographer. When, when it was just kind of funny because I was always the guy who wanted to be known as a photographer. <laughs> I was a writer. I, I wanted to be taken serious as a photographer, and, but I was always known as a writer. 
and well, here I am now. Now I, I want people, hey, I want to remind people, hey, by the way, I am a writer, dude. Don't forget that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, this way I have that blog. And right, and you are writing right. quite a bit over at uh, Pixic, right? P-I-X-I-Q. Right, right, right. Well, it's carlosmiller.com, but oh, photography right. is not a crime. And, and for that now... That forwards you to Pixic, doesn't right, it? Right. For, for now, it is, I signed a contract with Barnes & Noble, who, which owns Pixic. Oh, interesting. So, so I am getting paid to blog, which is very good. Wow, that's Sweet. nice. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, what, what percentage of bloggers actually get paid to blog? That's right. Awesome. Well, I, very I don't small. know. I, I do get paid for blogging, which which means I can take this on um, my my blog a lot more seriously because that way I can focus on, on writing and getting paid. Although it's not easy because I do get paid on page views, so it, it's really it means I have to blog day and night, which I don't mind because there's plenty of material out there, and. and and you know, one day maybe you, I'm not saying I'll because con- with Pixic is a contract, you know. And you know, maybe one day I'll take my blog back. And you and, still and, own CarlosMiller.com, yes, right? Yes, so I mean, people should always go to CarlosMiller.com to get to your website where they can uh, read the latest on the insanity that's going on all around this country, which is everywhere you look. It seems like if you look, because you have to look, because as you were saying during your speech today, the mainstream media doesn't necessarily cover. Uh, what you know? What is happening to these photographers all over the place? Unless it's one of their photographers. Yes. So if you look, you see just c- countless stories of photographers being arrested and or threatened or perhaps even you know beaten uh, by the police. And and you cover that better, I think, than anyone else I've ever seen at CarlosMiller.com. Well, well, thanks, you, thanks. But you know, the truth is, there's a lot of stories I don't cover, not because I don't want to, just because there's so many of them. Right? How can yeah. you? And, and you know, my goal with my blog, you can also go to photographersatacrime.com or CarlosMiller.com is to actually have staff writers is to have oh, a couple great. of staff writers because there's so much going on it's that big of an issue that it needs to be covered and it's not covered by the mainstream media you know right. they're trying to to make an effort but they're really not really doing anything there was there. just uh, was it reporters without borders just yeah. ca- brought out a list the united states slipped down the list from from like the 20th position the 45 to, was it? To, to, the 40th something position out of all the 180 some countries 180 some countries the united states you know the first amendment the uh, the beacon of liberty supposedly uh, has slipped down to position 46 uh, as far as press freedom goes in the world i mean you know it, there's 45 nations in the world that are it's they're more free to take pictures right. and write stories and, and, and we're the first from the country who We'll criticize other countries for cracking down on journalists. Sure. But, you know, it's happening right in our backyard. And, you know, the Obama administration, you don't see them saying anything about what's going on here. Not, not just them or the Bush administration before them. Sure. Nobody ever said anything what's going on in, in, in the United States against the, photogra- the reporters, the photographers, against journalists. And, and, but, you know, we criticize them abroad. So it's very hypocritical. And, and so my job is to point out this is happening in our country. This is happening. And, and it's, we, the, it's the role of the press. Yes. The role of the press in, uh, was intended when they, when they wrote out these little rule books that they came up with, the Constitution or whatever, was to hold the government accountable. And they don't want that. I mean, you know, government has never wanted accountability. It doesn't want transparency. And it apparently is using force in order to prevent it. Yes. Well, absolutely. I mean, our friend Jason Talley from Talley.tv was dragged out of a courthouse uh, because by handcuffs because he dared walk in with a video camera. Yep, another blogger. I and mean, it's just there's no shortage of this stuff. It's crazy. So and it's not just bloggers and you know sort of people doing internet news and that kind of thing. It happens, it, it, you know, on a relatively regular basis to the big the, the the big news companies. You know, we've talked about your uh, previous encounters with law enforcement, which uh, resulted in arrests and court trials and eventually your vindication. But you just recently you got arrested again. You yeah, were yeah, at an well, Occupy you know, event. Well, I have to, you know, I mean, it, I, apparently it's, it's a trend now. Every two years I get arrested. <laughs> and, and, and I don't right really, as soon as you get off like a suspended sentence, they arrest you again. Right, right. right. I mean, I don't try to get arrested. But, you know, I, I did get arrested at the Occupy Miami eviction. 
And, and yeah, it was really weird because I was arrested by a public information officer whose job, she's a media spokesperson. Her job is to make sure the reporters don't get arrested. But she had me arrested. And, she seems and, confused. Yeah, but, you know, and, and looking back on the video footage, I realized her, her problem with me was that I questioned, you know, at one point, and they actually gave this video footage from the police department to the Miami Herald who wrote about it. And I, they, I question why they're removing me from the public sidewalk. They say, you can't stand on the public sidewalk. Well, you know, they had just removed us in a park from Government Center where the Miami, Occupy Miami was, was encamped at, and, which is fine because there was, you know, they have a trespassing um, ordinance there. So, you, you know, they had the right to do that, I guess, by their law. But there's no law that says you cannot stand on the public sidewalk. Other than that, I could go to the street in the middle of the street. Well, you're not supposed to stand in the street either. Right. So, <laughs> so my safe bet was to be on the sidewalk. And, the, and this woman was telling me, well, you can't be on the sidewalk. Move, move. And I'm like, well, I, and I asked her, well, where do I go? <laughs> Shall I levitate? <laughs> so I have to levitate, I guess. It's a little game that they like to play. We've seen them do it up here, and they do it a lot of places where if you're just standing somewhere, they like to tell you to move. Yeah. Because it seems like there's many of them, and I don't know how conscious they are of this, but they love to just tell you to do things. Oh, you need to go over there. Oh, you can't be right there. Just walk over past that line over there and you'll be fine there. They love to just give people, especially cameramen and folks like that, orders so they can feel like they're in charge of you. Well, the thing is, most people abide by those orders. That's it, right. And, you know, there are, there are lawful orders and there are unlawful orders. And most people don't really think whether they're lawful or unlawful. I know the law. I know whether it's lawful or unlawful. I know, and I, I and won't when, abide by a, a, an unlawful order. When you stand up for yourself, they can't handle it. They don't know what to do because, like you said, most people do what they're told. There's more coming up here with Carlos Miller. You can stick with us for another segment, yes? Yes. Okay, more in a moment. CarlosMiller.com. This is Free Talk Live. If you have a question for him, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, especially if you have a question for Carlos Miller. He is with us actually here in person at uh, the Liberty Forum 2012 edition, back mostly every year. <laughs> there was one year where it was, uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen because they uh, had a new organizer, so they brought the original back on, and he got it together and put it together in an awesome way. It's been great this year so far. And uh, Carlos Miller joining us. We'll uh, get right back to that and your calls in just a moment. If you're looking for Camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com has it all. And it's got it at rates that you're going to find stunningly low, whether it's uh, knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, any kind of outdoor uh, you know, garment gear, uh, boating equipment, whatever you need, they've got it at manventureoutpost.com. They're, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. Some prices so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. Uh, the manufacturers have stipulations on those things. But you can get an additional 5% off. They're already low prices with coupon code FTL. It's manventureoutpost.com, coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. So if you don't know who Carlos Miller is, uh, maybe you're just tuning in, he is a blogger at carlosmiller.com, which is Photography is Not a Crime. It's the title of the blog, and it's something that uh, you got into, Carlos, as a professional journalist and, uh, and photographer who was arrested one day while just checking out a scene on the side of the road with the police arresting somebody. They didn't like that very much, and uh, so began this odyssey of uh, encounters with the police and uh, you know, standing up for your rights to record and also reporting at carlosmiller.com on what others 
uh, have had happen to them with the police all across the country. And there's no shortage of these things to report on, as we've been discussing. Some folks do have some questions for you, so you're game for taking uh, some of course, questions. Yeah. Let's go to Jimmy, listening in Brooklyn. Jimmy, you're on with Carlos Miller on Free Talk Live. Jimmy? Jimmy in Brooklyn, going once. Jimmy in Brooklyn, going twice. Yeah. Do we have uh, There he Jimmy? is. Yes, Jimmy, go ahead, sir. Oh, okay. I'd like to say it's an honor to talk to you, Carlos. I'm a big fan of your blog. Um, Thank I you, Jimmy. Of, uh, is this Jimmy Justice? This, this is Jimmy Justice. I, I love your work. <laughs> Holy Thank crap. you so wait, much. Wait, wait, is Jimmy Justice? Yeah. I know Jimmy Justice. <laughs> Damn. Well, you, you wrote a couple of articles about my YouTube page. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of you too, Jimmy. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, so, you know, when we talk about the laws of public photography, almost anything that happens in a public space is fair game. Uh, there are questionable things, such as, uh, let's say there was a horrific accident. It might not be tasteful to take pictures of the victims, but it is certainly allowed if it happens in a public place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. The one gray area that, uh, that I don't seem to really understand if I can or cannot take photographs is in, let's say, a shopping mall, where it is a public access place, but it is privately owned by somebody. Um, yeah. And if I take pictures, all of a sudden security come around and threaten uh, to throw you out if you don't stop taking pictures. Yeah. Well, yeah well, you well, elaborate well, on, on that type of a situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, most shopping malls, you know, you walk into a shopping mall and you'll always see on you know, the outside, you know, shirts and shoes required. You know, you can't like no smoking allowed. You'll never see no photography is allowed. You never see that. So, so it's usually, and they'll always bring up some policy that they have that they never show you that no no photography is allowed. And if you're in there with your family, you want to take pictures of your family, and they want to kick you out. Well, that's pretty stupid. But they do, they do that. They, they, they have done that. They've done it. Yeah, they've done it, and I've written about it. And publicize it when they do, you right. know, but otherwise you do have to leave if they ask you. Right, right. So, so the bottom line is this. You can take all the pictures you want. When they ask you to leave, you I mean, leave, you know. They can't, but what they can't do is take, ask you to delete your photos. They cannot do that. They cannot confiscate your camera. And and they can't do anything. Just take your photos and leave. But I would do it. I've never had issues in shopping malls because I guess I don't really hang out in shopping malls. But but you know, I would ask him. <laughs> I would ask him. You know, show me the policy. Show me the policy because I'm interested in this policy that says no photography is allowed. Because if I want to take pictures of my family, then, then why shouldn't I be allowed? To why take wouldn't pictures? they want you to? Right. It's really, it's strange. Right. So so what you normally have in shopping malls is security guards who have nothing better to do than than just harass people who think they're preventing terrorism or preventing or just have nothing better to do so they want they want to throw their weight around and, and so so if you really feel the need to go in and take pictures go take pictures but then be prepared for the confrontation but ask them for the policy ask them for it in the writing because there's no sign when you enter the mall that says no photography if it's that bad then you should have a sign that says no photography is allowed and you never see that and if you do please send me a picture because i'll write about it oh uh, carlos i do remember seeing a video uh, a couple of months ago on your page where I think you were taking pictures in a shopping mall of this uh, artist who was um, nude inside some kind of a hayloft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of a mall, yes. That's true. Yeah. And and her deal was she didn't allow – she was an artist, and this was during an Art Basel um, festival, which we have every year in Miami. It's a big international art festival. And her deal was she was going to get naked with a bunch of pigs and hang out with a bunch of pigs, <laughs> and and, and, and not a lot of, man. And, and not a lot of photography. You cretins. 
and not a lot of people take photography. So, so this, some animal rights activists who were not a, who did not approve of her hanging out naked with pigs. So, so, so they told me the story. And and personally, I don't really care. If she wants to hang out naked with the pigs, but the pigs don't mind. But but they say, and they say no photography. Well, you know, this is you know, it, it is an issue where where you know this is like an open. If a place, you know, and there's no sign on the, that says no. Well, they put up their own sign, and I, I went out there, yeah, and I tested the system. You know, I like to do that, and basically, I had the security guard, her security guard, admit to me, like, well, we prefer you don't take pictures. There's no policy, there's no law, because, and I asked him, I go, hey, you know, well, he goes, well, it's the policy of the shopping mall. Well, bring that guy out here, or let me see that policy in writing. And there's no because that that's not. Usually you can take, especially in Miami, we have so many tourists. You have people with cameras who want to take pictures of their families. And, and it would be really stupid for the owner it's of a mall to say photography is not allowed. You can't take pictures of your family. So so they try to enforce the law. I mean, they try it's to enforce It's fine when we of, bring the Santa Claus in. Right. You can take pictures then, but uh, any other time. Right. Well, the lady has pigs. Yeah, no, the thing, the thing is, like, you have to test these systems, and, and you got to test these policies out. And if you really want to take the picture, take it. And, and, if, and if they really want to... Like getting your face about it. Well, you know, ask him for the policy. Ask him for the, the show them. Show because that's good advice. That's it. Jimmy Justice, uh, where can people find your YouTube videos? Oh, if you just go to Google and put in Jimmy Justice, the top thing that comes up in the search page is my YouTube page. So it's easy to find. Can I put you on hold? Have you talked to my producer uh, briefly and uh, get some contact information from me? I'd love to have you on as a separate interview someday. Oh, sure. It'd be my pleasure. Great. Great. I'm going to put you on hold, uh, Jimmy, uh, and uh, we'll get that info from you here in a moment. Shadow with a question for uh, Carlos Miller. Shadow calling from Huntsville. Yeah, hi. I, Go ahead, uh, quickly. Okay, I just wanted to say, why don't you use uh, those cameras that look like everything else? Because that's what I'm going to be using here in, in Huntsville for the HPD. When they're Good question, Shadow. Flying. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, hidden cameras, how do you feel about that? Well, well I, I, photography's not a crime. Why should I hide it? Mm, I like that. But I'm, I'm very upfront about what I do, and, and and if you have an issue with it, we'll we'll deal with it. But I don't have to hide it because I'm not committing a crime. On the other hand, it wouldn't hurt to have a hidden camera on you in addition to an open camera. It's a backup. Uh, so if they take your your big camera, right. you still have something it, it, rolling. It wouldn't hurt to have one of those clip-on cameras that right. the cops are using. Their their Vivu, their V I E V U. Google that and get you know Sean. Um, Sean from L.A. uses that. Sean Nee, he's a photo activist. He uses that a lot. He does a lot of good stuff with that. CarlosMiller.com is where you can go to get more with Carlos. And uh, we've got all kinds of people to talk to tonight. I appreciate you spending time with us. And I'm glad you're here at the Liberty Forum this year. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you, Carlos. Thanks for having me on. More coming up at 855-450-FREE. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, live from the 2020. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're here live at the 2012 Liberty Forum. And that means we're in Nashville, New Hampshire at the Crown Plaza Hotel. 
uh, surrounded by hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who have been engaging in various different activities throughout the day, including panel discussions, uh, as well as speeches. There was a, uh, you know, there, last night there was a banquet dinner, uh, buffet luncheons, after-hours parties. It's a great time, uh, always, at the Liberty Forum, and word is this one's bigger than ever, and it's so, it's so good to have it uh, back, and of course, so many great guest speakers, and so many interesting people that are here getting to know one another. It's an excellent networking uh, occasion. You can go to Free State Project org slash liberty forum to learn more about it that's freestateproject.org slash liberty forum i don't know if the uh, the new dates have been announced for next year but usually it's not long after uh, each edition of the liberty forum sure. that the next one uh, is announced so i'm looking forward already to 2013 this being the last night tomorrow there'll be some closing ceremonies and that'll uh, that'll pretty much wrap it out and if you've uh, if you just tuned in maybe on your local radio station you're hearing about the liberty forum for the first time tonight we've been here the past couple of days so if you go to freetalklive.com you can download uh, uh, there, the last two nights of uh, of the show, and you'll get even more special guests and uh, discussion about what's been going on here today. Part of the fun of doing an internet-based business is dealing with all the technical glitches that pop up, such as the one the Beezer Brothers discovered last week at their Big Head Press website. Both the purchase links on their uh, sale page for their latest graphic novel, Escape from Terra Volume 2, were fouled up in such a way it was impossible for fans to order the book. If you want to find out more about Escape from Terra, you can go check out uh, BigHeadPress.com. It's an online comic, and uh, it's great. Start from the beginning. Uh, you know, Volume 2 is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm looking to get my copy here shortly. So they uh, fixed the problems now, and to make amends to fans who may have been thwarted by those glitches, they're having a Mardi Gras sale through this Saturday. So this is the, uh, the last day. I believe it will actually be going through the end of the day today. And you can get the book with, for two bucks off. It's uh, that makes it twelve ninety five plus shipping, and you can go check it out at bigheadpress.com. You know, sometimes it can be a little lonely here in the uh, the basement of the Liberty Forum, yeah, as folks are right now. Uh, the, many folks are right now eating dinner uh, at this moment, and they're watching Joel Salatin, who we may be able to speak with later tonight uh, on the show. Joel Salatin, the author of You Can Farm, uh, he is you know talking about being an entrepreneur and and taking care of uh, you know your family and growing food and all that. Uh, he's he's up there, uh, and apparently they've sold just a hundred tickets just to Joel Salatin fans who've just shown up awesome. at uh, at this event just to see this guy. So he's he's a big deal in the world of like organic farming, farming, self sufficiency. Uh, so hopefully he'll be on a little bit later on. Eight five five four fifty free is the number here tonight. And of course, uh, we already have our studio audience here, and thanks everybody for uh, for coming out here tonight. And speaking at, of uh, uh, protecting your family, the guy we've got uh, now has products to do just that. Well, right, and there's uh, vendors all over the place at the the Liberty Forum, all kinds of interesting. Things, everything from T-shirts with fun slogans and, uh, and graphics to uh, you know tactical equipment. And uh, Devin Standards, uh, certainly somebody we've had on in the past on Free Talk Live, and uh, from BlackDragonTactical.com. What, what's that website all about? Oh, let me turn your mic on. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey guys, Black Dragon Tactical is a a website which is dedicated to safety and victory. So we sell the tools that help you overcome tyranny, help you live your life in freedom, and help you win any conflict you should you ever be involved in one. Are you from New Hampshire? I am now. Oh, excellent. You <laughs> live made the free move. or die. How, well, now, where did you come from? I moved here from Colorado, from uh, Fort Collins. Okay, you're not the only one here from Colorado this weekend. Uh, what's the change like? Uh, the change is awesome. The people here are really cool. There's no state uh, income tax. Mm -hmm. and people Was there in Colorado? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is. Uh, the people are nice. The people don't bother you. And uh, I've only been pulled over by the cops once, and I <laughs> talked my way out of it. Really? That's yes. great. 
Yeah, they, you know, to the, to the police's credit in New Hampshire, they, uh, at least in the Keene area, they do give a lot of warnings out to people as opposed to uh, tickets. And, you know, credit where credit's due. They're still hurting peaceful people uh, from time to time. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have a free state yet. There's a lot of work to do. But I'm glad that you've, uh, you've made the move here. The gun community here in New Hampshire is very, very strong, the gun rights community. Yes. And, of course, the, the gun laws as well are, you know, not, not quite non-existent. There are some, uh, some regulations in New Hampshire, but it's one of the least regulated places. And that's got to be really pleasing to somebody like you. Yes, it is. I'm very pleased with uh, just the whole atmosphere here in New Hampshire. You have a, a wide body of people involved in the shooting sports mm-hmm. from every level, from the apple seed to basic instruction. I teach at Wilson Hill Pistol Club as an instructor as well, so I'm constantly teaching young and old women how to shoot. And nothing or very few things are better than empowering uh, these people who for, for eons have been uh, subjects and victims around the world. Well, the gun uh, is a great equalizer. Yes, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. What's the what God God uh, what's it? God created man and Colt made him equal. Yes, God God made man and Sam Colt made him equal. <laughs> right, and and it's yeah. really the truth. I mean, at that point, you know, one person, uh, you know, a small person can protect themselves from a large yeah. person. It changed it changed the world. And um, this this item that you have, I'm I'm really uh, amazed by it. It is a tactical vest, and I saw a video where you shot this vest, one of the panels in this vest, what was it, like 30 times with uh, like different rounds of yes. different sizes, and it stopped every one of these things. Right. So so here's the story. So first, just read off the website right. address it's, for everyone, please. So everybody should go, in the least bit interested in uh, you know firearms, go take a look at this amazing video. I think it's uh, it's superlative in the sense you'll see nothing like it in uh, any place else. It's a black dragontactical.com and then it's slash blog so if you go see the blog it's right there on the right hand side uh, just as you pull up the page black dragon black dragon tactical.com slash blog okay and so here's what it is I, I sell ballistic protection. Right. Bulletproof vest, bulletproof back. I've got one of those what makes it different. Yeah. And briefcases so here, here you go so anything I sell I test. I don't ever want to sell something that's going to fail somebody. Mm-hmm. So this 18 by 20 inch panel, I took to the range. I pulled a whole bunch of guns out of the safe. We, we taped it to a board and we shot it 36 different times from three yards away. Yeah, it was really close. I mean, you were standing, yeah. you can see you in the frame. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like you're standing different, way back. Different calibers of yes. ammunition. So we shot it with 22, 32, uh, 380, 38 plus P, 9 mil, and 45. Mm-hmm. If that ever happens to you, you're yeah. going to have a really bad day. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad day. But Even with a vest on. Exactly. <laughs> However, if, you're, if you've got one of our vests or one of our backpacks or briefcases, you're going to have the same number of holes in your body when you get home that day that you left with when you walked out the door that morning. And that's <laughs> what it's all about. And so this, this material is a new type of uh, people. Most people are familiar with Kevlar. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is another type of polymer, and it's very, very tough. It's rated what's called NIJ level 3A by the National Institute of Justice, and that means it's going to, going to defeat just about every handgun round, as well as 12-gauge shotgun slugs and buckshot and birdshot. Now, um, you know, a lot of people... There's certainly some people wear, uh, you know, tactical vests in their line of work, whether they're, um, you know, law enforcement or military or whether they're, you know, politicians that don't want to get shot or whatever it is they do. But most people, it's just not common to wear a vest throughout your day. But what it is common to do is carry a backpack or a briefcase. 
Bingo. So you've got something, in, in, in case of a situation, you've got something that you can hold up in front of yourself and protect yourself in a, you know, one of those circumstances. Because any, any other backpacker vest isn't going to protect you. Bingo. It's an ancient concept. It's a shield. Yeah, it is. And it's an ancient concept that's updated for bullets. So bullets are the threat of today. Mm-hmm. So now everybody can carry with him or with her covertly a backpack or briefcase. Something bad happens, they've got a shield to block the bullets. And we normally sell these things for about 250 bucks online. Mm-hmm. For Free Talk Live listeners and oh. other people at the Liberty Forum, we're going to drop the price just down to $225. And what is that getting you exactly? Is it just the insert, or are you yes. getting the actual... That is that is getting you the ballistic insert of NIJ Level 3A So I could insert. go and... I've got one of these laptop bags. I could just drop that in the, the back of the laptop bag and be good to go. Bingo. And I travel all around the world for my job. I go through the airports, through the TSA. There's no problem. Yep. You know, that, that's probably I was going to ask you, you know, is this like the most expensive technology ever? I mean, having purchased uh, body armor in the past, I can tell you that's, that's, that's a fair price it for some, that kind of protection. Real quick, you have an amazing item Very that I want to talk about um, you know, here that will change a Glock into like a little rifle. Tell me about it real quick. Yes. Okay, so what I have here with me, you can hear, hear the, the action cycling, is something called the Ronnie. It is a short-barreled rifle conversion for a handgun. So... It's made in Israel, and it turns your pistol into a rifle. It's amazing. Right. BlackDragonTactical.com. There's more coming up. Devin Standard, thanks for dropping by the Liberty Forum. Always interesting to see what you've got going on. BlackDragonTactical.com. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are here at the 2012 Liberty Forum. All kinds of interesting people are about. They are enjoying each other's company. There's speeches and panel discussions going on, and it is just a great time. Although it, this is the uh, the last night of this Liberty Forum, there will be another one, certainly, uh, next year. And, of course, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is yet to come this year. That's happening in June, the 18th through the 24th, and folks are already getting pre-registered for that. And registration is not yet online for Porkfest. It is here at the, the Liberty Forum, so the online is coming. So for those of you waiting uh, to to come to Porkfest 2012, that is still to come, and we'll announce to you when that is available in future on Free Talk Live. Our number is uh, 855-450-FREE, and we'd like to invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. Different listening options are available through the site, broadband, midband, narrowband streams, different uh, stream bit rates for different Internet connections. We've also got the list of the over 100 great radio stations that air the show at different times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, uh, the free-to-air channel up on KU Band, as well as uh, the listen lines and even the webcam that allow you to uh, listen in various different ways. Go to listen.com. 
www.freetalklive.com. And now, a uh, longtime special guest, uh, friend of the show, Brad Jardis, uh, with us here tonight. Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening, guys. You are a uh, former police officer, spent 10 years on the, on the force up in New Hampshire, came uh, to your senses on the, uh, the war on drugs, and that led you down the, you know, a, 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 an interesting road to the ideas of liberty. It forced me to come to my senses about a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So, and now here you are again at the Liberty Forum. This isn't the, your first time at one of these events, uh, but you know, it's the first time in a couple of years, and you've had some pretty big changes in the last two years. I mean, you, uh, you quit being a cop. Yeah, quit being a cop. I um, decided that you know my my efforts are really best spent um, furthering the cause of liberty using uh, the the knowledge I have of how the system works. And well, one of the things that was always interesting when we you and I I mean we've been we've known each other for years now, uh, but you used to as a cop just spend a lot of your time as you're sitting on the side of the road reading through a lot of these laws. Like it was your hobby to read the laws, and I can't stand reading laws. I mean most people can't handle it, but you're one of the few people that's really into reading these things. Well, I like to tell people that I can speak state and um <laughs> and i have i have a photographic memory for written text so really? i'm able to read things and i'm able to uh to to retain them so um you know I, i'm able to i have this uncanny ability to uh catch people in their contradictions and um you know that's what i wanted to talk to you gentlemen about tonight and i think it's particularly good that carlos miller was on here talking mm-hmm. about how photography is not a crime uh because my current activism event up here in new hampshire is i'm representing jason tally of tally tv right um i'm representing him as his attorney in fact as it's known because in new hampshire and in some other places uh, individuals can essentially act as a lawyer. They're not a member of the Bar Association. Yeah. They're not actually a so-called uh, attorney or lawyer, but you uh, you are representing him so-called. Yeah. Um, the, the court system and the uh, establishment really dislikes the fact that any person who, you know, uh, is of quote-unquote good character or whatever that means, you know, I'm sure that's very arbitrary, but they dislike the fact that anybody of good character can represent someone else in court. And um, I decided to uh, help Jason Talley because I consider him a friend and I think he's a good guy. And Plus the case is outrageous. I mean, we're talking about the, the time when he was dragged off in handcuffs, as I mentioned earlier in the hour, for simply having a video camera in a public building. Right. For, for mere possession of a video camera. And um, what I want everyone to know about this case is this essentially is a uh, substantial judicial cover-up in New Hampshire. Uh, what happened last year on June 28th is Adam Miller, otherwise known as Adamo Freeman from CopLock.org, actually the founder of CopLock, he attempted to question Judge Burke uh, of the Keene Circuit Court District Division as he came to work. And he was acting as a member of the free press, and he asked him questions about his decision to put uh, a guy in jail for five days for wearing a hat. Right, in court. For wearing a hat in court. And the questions that uh, that Adamo Freeman asked Judge Burke were all constitutionally protected. And um, he was very polite. He called him sir. And what happened um, was Judge Burke told a lie to his bailiffs once he got through the city hall, you know, to where the court was. And he said, bailiff, bailiff, this uh, person is threatening me about a decision I just made. Made, that's a criminal offense. And as a result, uh, Adamo Freeman was charged with improper influence, which under state law, if you try to sway the opinion of a judicial officer, which Burke is one, um, it's a Class B felony. And you can do a substantial amount of time. I, actually, I think it might be a Class A. I, it, it was all caught on video, by the way. I mean, the entire encounter yeah. from the moment the, the man in the robe walks in the front door, he's not wearing his robe at that time, he's right. in business attire. He walks in. Well, it would, just look, it would just look silly wearing a robe in public. <laughs> be funny. Well, um, so, so essentially what happened... Uh, but, yeah, I, the whole time was it caught on video, so they, they had to let him go. Oh, there was they no did. crime. They did, but he still spent two days uh, locked up while the judicial branch 
pinned a media blackout. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what they did was they enacted court orders three days later, stripping the rights of people to uh, to to their New Hampshire and federal constitutional rights of freedom of the press. And they did it in response to a judge committing a crime on camera. And what happened with Jason Talley is uh, he you know, he's a a journalist himself, and he uh, tried to enter the Cheshire County Superior Court um, with cameras because, you know, that's what journalists use to record public things. It's how they journal. Right, exactly. Well, they don't want to be held accountable at all, which is why they're putting these rules in place, and they're stopping people and threatening people and arresting people. That's why the Founding Fathers put the uh, freedom of the press. Well, actually, it's why the public demanded that the Founding Fathers put the freedom of the press into the Constitution initially. Well, they they don't want to be held accountable, and they also want to change the story about what happened with Adamo Freeman and Judge Burke, because in the court order that was issued three days after Adamo was uh, had his constitutional rights taken from him, the court order itself actually said that uh, members of the public had had accosted the presiding judge. Now <laughs> these people are so arrogant that they think being asked questions is about, uh, about tax policy is accosting. Well, right, I mean, and I was banned, as were another a few other activists from yeah. this courthouse, uh, the entire property, because we were harassing uh, the court employees as they were coming and going from work, because we can't go into the building. This is after Jason Talley is arrested and dragged out. We wanted to ask them questions about that, so we can't go in with cameras or audio recording devices, so we're doing the, lo- the only other thing we can do, which is standing in the parking lot, well, waiting for them to get out of work. At, they call this har- harassing. Well, well, at first they said you were stalking, and they said right. we're going to charge you with stalking. And I wrote a blog about that at Free Keen, basically calling them out on their BS. That's not stalking. And uh, they never charged us with harassing or anything like that either. Just wrote a letter. The sheriff writes a letter and hand, you know hands it to us, right. saying Piece we of paper that says you're trespassing. We can't come back there now. Carlos Miller is in town because of the Liberty Forum. You're bringing him to Keene mm-hmm. Monday morning. He's going to be uh, recording Judge Burke. Mm-hmm. Correct? Well, he wants to attempt to ask Judge Burke um, questions about this case because you know Carlos. Miller Miller's very interested in this, where, you know, you have... the judges aren't supposed to have an appearance of impropriety, according to their own rules. And if you look at this, a, a man commits a crime on camera, that be, meaning Judge Burke. I've arrested people for this, and that's mm-hmm. what he did. And if I had been there and I was still a cop, I would have arrested him. But he commits a crime. Three days later, two of the uh, the two trial court chief judges in New Hampshire pass an order banning uh, banning photography in these buildings. And they tried to rewrite the story by saying Judge Burke was accosted. I mean, if you look at the video... You can find it at copblock.org forward slash improper influence. Good. Thanks for that. Um, Adamo is uh, is completely polite. I mean, he called yes, him he judge. Sir. He called him sir. He only asked questions. He was very calm in his he manner was. of questioning. He, he, I mean, he was acting as a journalist. So there's still more to come with this. And you're yes. going to be joining us on Monday nights, actually, yeah. uh, starting this Monday. And, of course, you'll keep us up to date. But you'll be just on as a regular co-host on yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you very I'm much sure for that. This, I'm excited. I'm sure as this continues every other, oh, sorry, every other Monday yep. uh, at this point. And uh, there's also plans afoot. I don't know if you can talk about those plans, but big, you've got big plans. I mean, this isn't, you're not just going to be in the courtroom uh, working, uh, you know, kind of in, inside the system to stop this, uh, this tyranny. Did you, mean, did you intend a pun when you said there are plans afoot? <laughs> there are plans. I'm, I'm too slow for this one. Foot is the name of the man. Oh, Richard Foot. Dick. Dick Foote is the uh, the name of the sheriff yes. in Cheshire County. Yes. Well, I, I'll neither confirm or deny anything on the air, but right. there are plans afoot. 
Great. Well, uh, it's going to be fun. As you know, we have a great time out in uh, in the Keene area doing activism, and we're not, most of the people out in our a lot of people in our area are not afraid to get out there. And, and that's yeah. one of the critiques is that uh, well, you know, I don't want to move to Keene. Look at how they're treating you there. Well, the reason why they're treating us like this is because we're active and we're saying no to being told what to do, and we're recording with a, you know without asking their permission, and we're and we're getting out there and we're we're being as free as possible. So of course they're going to crack down. If you try this in your town, it may be even be worse. Worse than what we're facing in Keene. One of the best sites in American history, um, uh, as far as the, the the government I've ever seen, are pictures of black police officers protecting members of the Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. as they march. And the best way, like what I see happening in Cheshire County right now, is the government thinks that they can marginalize people who aren't popular. And um, that is why I think Judge Burke has not been held accountable, because if he pulled something like this on a city councilor, um, I think he would be off the bench sure. immediately. But or if it, a state rep a walked state, in with a yeah, video Yeah, exactly. So the government, it's called the justice system, and it's not supposed to work that way. People are supposed to be protected whether or not they're popular, whether or not they're unpopular, and it's supposed to be fair. And what, what's happening in Cheshire County is not fair. And the, But my point is, it's not unique to Cheshire County. Yeah. It's just that we have been able to sh- you know, kind of shine the light on the cockroaches, so to speak, and that is what happens. And when you stand up for yourself, they will crack down yeah. because you become a threat to their legitimacy, and that's the one thing they can't lose. That's why they punish people who threaten their legitimacy more so than uh, people that are just committing the average crime against another human being. Thank you Brad very much Carter. for having me on. As always, appreciate you being here. There's more coming up from the Liberty Forum. We will take your calls if you'd like to make them. Uh, 855-450-FREE, but also going to be talking to interesting people all night here, live from the 2012 Liberty Forum in This is Free Talk Live. We are inside the live Saturday edition of the program and also located in an unusual place. We're at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire, for the 2012 edition of the Liberty Forum. And we've been to every other Liberty Forum prior to this, and they've all been great. They keep getting better uh, year after year because more people keep coming. And, of course, the more minds you have in one place, the more networking occasions you have, the more interesting folks you get to meet, uh, the more information can be transferred and ideas can be generated. And uh, it's just always a good time to be around other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. And, of course, that's why people come here is because they love freedom. And they've heard about the Free State Project because the Free State Project is putting this event on uh, as they do every year. And uh, not only that, they've heard about the Free State Project and they're interested because hundreds of people have made the move to New Hampshire uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime, to work for more uh, more freedom in our lifetime. And so it's so great to be part of, uh, of a group of people that actually cares enough about freedom to do something about it, in many cases to, uh, you know, to take a risk. Uh, and to to get it and, and put it on the line uh, for liberty. And that's what some of these people are doing. And many of them are, a lot of people are going here in New Hampshire to consider a move as part of the Free State Project. We talk a lot about it. You can go to freestateproject.org uh, to learn more about uh, what they're up to. Let's go to the phones here and uh, to the fun. We'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. And we'll also talk to some special guests here throughout the evening. We've got Dave listening in uh, Eureka to KGOE out on the West Coast. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Well, Ian and Mark, I very much love your show. I do find you people to be honestly open to discussing a variety of points of view. Indeed, sir. Most valuable. Uh, 
One thing I'd love to see you ponder more, it's troubling me very much, and that is how in a democracy do uh, uh, just 1% of corporate, greedy, special interest, billionaire types gain an equality or majority control with the 99% of people who are, well, largely struggling and having a hard time making it. How does that happen? I got a theory, but I, I throw it out because I'd like to hear if I, others have a similar or. Well, it's uh, to me, it's a simple answer. I mean, power is uh, is very attractive to people that certain people that are seeking it, and, uh, and there's a certain economic factor. And money's attractive to people with power, right? And, and so these, you're not attractive to either of them. Well, and these people, you know, they work together. They're very interested in uh, in working together, the corporations sure and the government, to uh, to help scratch each other's back and to oppress uh, the little guy. And you know, despite the overwhelming numbers of the little guy, ultimately the little guy isn't willing to do anything about it. We were talking with Carlos Miller from CarlosMiller.com about this earlier tonight. Uh, most people are doing, you know, if a cop tells you to do something, you'll do it. Most people will do it without question. And if people question, then uh, the cops get a little upset about that. And if people refuse, <laughs> the cops and the uh, the system gets very upset about that. And so if more people were to actually stand up to these so-called authorities, uh, if more people were to say no when they were told to pay a tax or to, to obey some controlling uh, law uh, that some these arbitrary people uh, have put in, into uh, to effect, then all of a sudden they wouldn't have any power anymore. So really it has to do with the nature, in my opinion, of people and how, uh, we're easily, for the most part, people are easily pushed around, just like sheep. And so really the reason why we have what we have, the situation that we have that you're describing, uh, Dave, is because of the collective consciousness uh, that is between all of, all of us that ultimately, even though I may be willing to disobey, and I have, and I've gone to jail for it, and others uh, like Carlos Miller and uh, other folks have been you know, willing to stand up and, and willing to, uh, to be put behind bars, most people are not. The supermajority of people are not. They're not willing to take any risks. They are very comfortable. They've got a nice life. We've got air conditioning. We've got heat. We've got uh, television. We've got all kinds of wonderful uh, Wonderful conveniences, and so why rock the boat? Why uh, tip over the apple cart, so to speak? I mean, we're only losing a little bit of freedom at at, uh, at a time, and most people are generally free. They can still walk out their front door, decide which way uh, to go, uh, and what to do generally with their day. So they don't really consider it too much of an in infringement when other people are arrested. They can tell themselves a story about how well it's only happening to those people, so I don't have to worry about it. But that takes us back to the 1940s and the old Pastor Martin Niemöller quote: uh, the uh, the poem that he wrote about it you know first they came after the communists and i wasn't a communist so i didn't stand up then they came after the trade unionists and i wasn't a trade unionist and so on and so forth and then you know once they came after me there was no one left to stand up for me what do you think about that dave well i'm going to share if you were open to it my own theory and i believe this i think that our electronic technology has run way ahead of us and it's really hard to know what's going on but i do believe that those who are in positions of power can and do invade our systems. They can get into our Internet and play games. They can monitor our telephones wherever they choose. More specifically, they can jump into electronic voting apparatus and decide how you should have voted, not how you did vote. I think that's happening to us big time. I, that's, 
Dave, you can't blame technology, though, because those technologies have uh, only existed recently, and before that, people were allowing themselves to be oppressed for a long time. So really, it's the nature of humans. I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you, as always. In fact, we've got a special guest that's going to be able to comment on on, uh, this topic uh, here, uh, 855-450-FREE. Mark, will you introduce her? Yeah, Sharon Presley. uh, Sharon, your, your Ph.D.? You've got to get right yes. close right, in, as right close, that close as possible on that yeah. microphone. Yeah. We're here at the Liberty yes. Forum. In social psychology. Now, you actually studied with Stanley Milgram? Am yes, I, I did. He was my dissertation chairman. And that kind of speaks to this uh, whole subject of power that we were just talking yes, about it with, does. with the caller. Well, tell me about, well, well, don't just reference Stanley Milgram. Let's get a brief summary of, uh, of, who, of who he was and, and uh, what the experiment was, the ultimate he, most famous He did one. the single most famous experiment, possibly in all of psychology, but certainly social psychology. I like to refer to it as the Yale shock experiment. When he asked the uh, subjects of the experiment, um, well, it was it was billed as a, uh, a, a experiment on learning, upon the effect of punishment on learning. And when the actual subject She's fine, Mark. Go ahead. When the, uh, the, and we're asked to try to remember, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me start over again. The, because it's a complex experiment. Well, they were, they were matching things, were they not? And yeah. if they got it, they got it wrong. Okay, when, when the person in the other room, who the real subject thought was also a subject, but was a Confederate, was supposed to remember a series of word pairs, and every time he made a mistake, he was supposed to get a shock unknown to the real subject who was sitting in front of this shock board with toggle switches, mm-hmm. the person in the other room was Confederate, and he wasn't really being shocked. The real purpose of the experiment was to see how far people would go before they would stop and say, this is nuts, I don't want any part of it. And under what circumstances would they stop? And, you know, when t- someone told them in a lab coat to keep going, would they continue? Milgram yes. was shocked by the results of this study, y- was he not? Yes, he was. He... Uh, even he wasn't expecting the result. That is, in a baseline experiment, 65% of the subjects went clear to the end where the shock board was labeled danger, severe shock, 450 volts. They, like they had reason to believe this could kill someone, I mean, in theory. Yes, they did. And this was just a, you know, an experiment they were taking part in, and they went, you're saying 60-plus percent went all the way to the end of this board. That's right. Now, I've heard that when folks, uh, that, that they, when they were given the final order, which is, you must continue, or something like that, that at that point, that they would pull back, that they believed in authority up to the point that the authority was really hammering down no, on them. No, that's no. Only, that, it would only have been a few of them, Mark, because okay. most that's of them right. away. Okay. No, no. When the guy in the lab coat said, the experiment must continue. Okay. They 65% did. kept on right on going. Even... When the guy in the other room was screaming, I want to stop, okay. they kept going. What you're, what you're referring to, Mark, is probably the people that didn't keep going all okay. the way. Okay. That, at, you know, at what point did they stop? Right. Well, I've, I've so, got an expert here. I wanted to ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you, uh, so that, that's fascinating that you, uh, you were connected with Milgram and uh, went, went to school there. Um, you, you've read the book. And this is re- you know, very interesting to something we talk about a lot on Free Talk Live. It's called Standing Up to Experts and authorities. And I'd like to talk to you more about that. Can you stick with us to discuss your book? Because I think uh, that's a topic I think Americans need to hear and people around the world uh, need to hear more about. 
and they need to see examples of it. And we certainly provide plenty of those here in New Hampshire uh, with so many great activists who are willing to stand up, who are willing to say no, who are willing to disobey, willing to non-cooperate. These are the keys, in my opinion, to achieving liberty in our lifetime. You will not get free by begging. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you'd like here at 855-450-FREE. It's an unusual edition of the Saturday Live program that we normally do. Normally we're just in our studios or the LRN.FM studios and uh, producing our show from there. And that's how we do it every weekend, except for twice a year uh, or two Saturdays per year when we are out at two very special events. One of them, the Liberty Forum. That's where we are this year also or th- at this time of year. And then later this summer we will be or early in the summer. We will be at the, uh, the 2012 Porcupine Freedom Festival. Both are great times where liberty-minded people get together and enjoy each other's company and, uh, and you know, trade ideas and, and party and have panel discussions and speeches and dinners, and it's just a blast. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to learn more about that. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys just cost too much, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for you. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. You need to know how to make objections, motion the court. If you don't know these things, you're fighting in the dark, your hands are tied behind your back, and you're going to lose. Um, it works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. You can visit Jurisdictionary.com. They've got all kinds of free tools to help you out. It's a free weekly tips and tactics newsletter, free legal flowchart. There's uh, a legal dictionary there, videos to watch. When you buy the course at Jurisdictionary.com, be sure to use the pull-down menu to check them out uh, when you you check out and let them know that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. We're talking with Sharon Presley, and uh, she's somebody who has a lot of experience in the world of so-called authority. And I like putting so-called in front of it because these are just human beings, and they deem to be in charge of the rest of us, but I didn't vote for them. I don't give them consent uh, to tell me what to do and how to live. I'm not harming anybody, so as far as I'm concerned, I should be left alone. Sharon, again, sit right on in close there and tell me uh, why you wrote this book, Standing Up to Experts and Authorities, because I, I think this is very, I mean, obviously I haven't read the book yet. This is the first I've heard of it tonight, but it looks great. I support this topic 100%. It's one of the things I advocate most firmly that everyone Everyone should non-cooperate to some extent. You don't have to go all the way, jump in the deep end of the pool, and go with complete civil disobedience non-cooperation at all times. But just here and there, when you can say no, stand up and say no. It really feels good, first of all, to do it. Uh, and, you know, you're recovering some of your self, uh, self-respect. Uh, but also, it can help put these people that would call themselves authorities in check and let them know that we'll, we're not going to take it anymore. Peacefully, we're not going to take it anymore. So what, what inspired you to write this? Well, um, I have been studying obedience and resistance to authority most of my life, and actually in a formal way as an academician. But I also believe in applying psychology to everyday life. And so this is an application of what I know about obedience and resistance to authority in a very practical setting, because the book is really about how to deal effectively with a wide range of experts and authorities. 
not simply the government, mm-hmm. but also everything from physicians Doctors, sure. uh, to lawyers, contractors, customer reps, mm-hmm. uh, professors, uh, and the police. I have sure. so, so, because a lot of people don't really know how to do that effectively. They don't teach this in government school. So how could no, they? No, they why cer- would they? I <laughs> certainly don't. They punish you if you do this in, uh, in government school, That's and they punish you in real life. You know, it says how to avoid being intimidated, manipulated, and, uh, and abused, uh, and I think that's generally, if more people stand up, we'll eventually avoid that. But what we've seen is that when people stand up, at least to the government guys, uh, they do have a tendency to target you for a crackdown. Well, I'm sure that's true, but even in less scary circumstances or in circumstances where there really are no bad consequences to standing up. People will often go along with authority. They've been taught that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You obey authority. You don't question. Otherwise, you're a bad person. That's right. That's right. So a lot of people don't even realize that they can question authority Mm. or that they should. They just they accept what the doctor tells them, they accept what their teacher tells them, and they don't question. I think if someone shows them and sets an example, that really helps open their eyes to the idea that they can. Whether or not they will immediately is another question, but seeing other people do this is really important, don't you think? Yes, I do. And in fact, the book is full of examples of real-life people who did stand up to an expert or authority in, a variety, in all these different areas. What's a favorite example that, uh, off the top of your head you can share with us? Well, one important was is dealing effectively with physicians a lot of people don't do that they just go in and accept whatever the physician tells them because they're an expert they're educated and uh, i have an example of where that was a mistake to just go along it's actually a story told to me by one of my students Uh, her grandmother had a foot problem and the doctor told her that it was athlete's foot and they believed her and didn't investigate any further. The foot kept getting worse. She finally had to go to the emergency room. It turned out to be diabetes, and they amputated oh one of her toes. Oh wow. And if it would have been caught earlier. Right. If they had questioned what her foot kept getting worse, if they had sought out information, they would have quickly figured out that she had the symptoms of diabetes. I figured it out, and I'm not a medical doctor. Hmm. So that was an example of failing to question and just accepting what the doctor said, and it resulted in her losing her toe. So do you have techniques in this book on how to avoid being intimidated, manipulated, and abused? That's mostly what the book is. So what, can, you, can you share some of those techniques so we can get some idea? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I suggest, the first thing I've already discussed a little, be prepared. Go do a little research before you go to the doctor or the lawyer or whatever it might be. Sure. If it's something that's where you're a little, maybe you're shy or non-assertive, bring an ally with you who can help speak for you. But you and psych yourself up to to go in there confidently. Body language makes a difference. If you go in in a different way with a with a different voice, right. you won't be taken as seriously. Take in a list of questions written out. So you won't forget what you want to ask. 
And, uh, and practice makes perfect, by the way, on this one. I mean, there's always different things that you can do to tweak this and, and get better at it. Uh, but I think you're, you're the great advice. And when it comes to the police, preparing yourself to be put in a cage is something that you have to, uh, to prepare for as well. And, uh, and also back yourself up with a video camera and have backup there as well. I mean, that's it, right. Having people on your side is just something that you can't uh, duplicate. And it, that's so important. Go ahead. If you yeah, know. I was going to say that that actually made a difference in the, in the Milgram experiment when there was someone else saying, no, I don't want to participate. The rate of obedience plummeted. I believe it. It reminds me of the time when I crossed the street uh, when the, the light wasn't telling me I could and there was a group of people behind me standing and waiting and they went as soon as I went. So it's that setting an example for people. That's right. It just takes a little bit of courage to do a little bit of non-cooperation. All of a sudden we might have huge ripples in that pond. Hey, thanks, uh, Sharon. Your website, by the way, StandUpToAuthorities.com is where people can go to learn more about this book. Yes. StandUpToAuthorities.com. The book is Standing Up to Experts and Authorities by Sharon Presley. And you can also get it through Amazon. So you can go to shop.freetalklive.com, click in through Amazon there, and grab Standing Up to Experts and Authorities. Thanks for sitting in on Free Talk Live with us tonight. Really appreciate your time. There's more coming up. Your thoughts as well are welcome. 855-450-FREE. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're here live at the 2012 Liberty Forum in Nashua, New Hampshire at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. So last night, uh, it's been getting busier and busier throughout the forum. The, uh, biz- the uh, I think the most popular one thus far. They just keep getting better. All kinds of interesting guest speakers and uh, opportunities to network with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. We'll talk with some more of those interesting folks here in a moment. You can get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month from for fractions of a penny apiece. How do you get that kind of cheap advertising? Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there. You can just go, you just go browse through all the Liberty stickers at LibertyStickers.com, and you'll find all the witty sayings. You can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's LibertyStickers.com. All right, and by the way, you can go to News.FreeTalkLive.com. Get signed up there to follow our emailed updates or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, be kept up to date with what's going on with Free Talk Live. Once again, uh, that's news.freetalklive.com. Our number here, 855-450-FREE. You can still call in about anything that you'd like, although we've got interesting folks here uh, in the studio with us all night, uh, as we normally do from these events because we're surrounded by folks. Normally it's not an interview show. We normally focus on issues and and callers and what you want to discuss, but when we're surrounded by interesting people, it it would behoove us to talk to them. So, uh, sir, come on right up against that uh, microphone there. It's Brett Markham is our our next guest here. And uh, Mark, you and I were so busy today. We were manning a a table for the Free State Project, uh, what they call the Ambassador's Table. We're taking questions and uh, and signing people up for the Porcupine Freedom Festival and signing them up for the Free State Project, which, of course, you can do. You don't have to do 
it in person. You can go to freestateproject.org and learn more about it. If you love liberty and you love the ideas of getting together with other like-minded people who love freedom and are willing to do something about it, willing to stand up to the so-called authorities, as, uh, as our last guest was suggesting, uh, then you want to join the Free State Project because it's not, it wasn't happening where I was living, and it's not happening anywhere else. In fact, uh, Brett, as I, my understanding is you are a Free State Project participant. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, uh, I've been a member of the Free State Project since before the first thousand people signed. Excellent. Wow. And uh, have been living in New Hampshire for a long time and uh, have enjoyed it. Great. It's, it has been great for us, too. Uh, and you're here. You were one of the speakers today. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. As I said, we were manning a table. But what was it about? What were you talking with folks about today? I was talking about the link between self-sufficiency and liberty, uh, and specifically speaking about it with regard to food. Uh, there are a lot of places where, of course, self-sufficiency uh, is runs in tandem with liberty because the degree to which you are independent is the degree to which you can be free. Mm-hmm. If you're dependent on others for something, that is the degree to which you've surrendered your own freedom. Indeed. And it would be, it's pretty difficult to be a complete you know, jack-of-all-trades to where we can all be so independent, which is nice. We have people who can specify, you know, uh, specialize in different areas and, and help us with these tasks. Uh, but obviously, you're talking about may, maybe being more independent from the system? More independent from a lot of things. When you talk about the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you're talking about the things that you need to have before you can even begin to dream about things like freedom or uh, liberty, things of this nature. So like food and water. That's food, helpful. water, shelter, these sorts of things. If you have to address your needs at that basic level before you can move on to anything else, and the thing is, if you've already got those needs addressed, then you don't have to worry so much, for example, about aspects of the system such as your employer who might fire you for your opinions or things like that. If you can take care of yourself absent the job, then it's not a big deal to stay where you are. A lot of people feel like they're locked in, like they're trapped. Uh, well, I can't leave my job. I can't move to New Hampshire because I can't leave my job because I'll lose my health insurance coverage. A, a dependent person is a servile person, right? That's exactly it. And the degree to which you have this food self-sufficiency makes a big difference in your attitudes towards your willingness to take risks, your willingness to change employment, because you're already covering a substantial portion of your core needs at the base of Maslow's Pyramid. That's good stuff. Where can people learn more about what it is you're, uh, you're talking about? Uh, they can go to MarkhamFarm.com. Markham, can you spell it for me? M-A-R-K-H-A-M Farm, F-A-R-M, dot com. Now, what do you suggest to people to get their uh, feet, the tip, dip their toe in the pool, as it were? What's, what's, the, what's the first thing they can do in these, uh, this area? Well, I've written a book about it, but they don't even have to use the book to okay. get started. I, you know, I'm not a salesman. Okay. <laughs> okay. But they can get the book at uh, MarkhamFarm.com. Well, they can actually get the book from Amazon okay. or from Barnes & Noble or any of the normal places that carry books. Okay, great. Um, but I wrote a book about it called Mini Farming. And what they need to do is just get started with a single raised bed or two raised beds or three, three raised beds and follow intensive agricultural methods and start growing their own food, and I cover in the book also how to can, how to dehydrate, how to do all of these basic things that they need to do in order to be able to set that food aside so they have it after the summer months are over. What, um, what kind of commitment time are we talking about for you know, a couple of raised beds? Almost nothing. When you first make them, because you double-dig them, yep. you're investing time. Yep. But because you're using intensive agriculture, everything's right there. You see it right there. You know, the funny thing is, uh, Brian, I, uh, I actually 
did this. Uh, Brett, excuse me. Um, I, I actually got your book. I didn't realize that I had your book that you were sitting here. And so it's your double dig method that I used on my raised beds at my house. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. You know. How's it working? Uh, it's, yeah, I, you're, you're absolutely right about the fact that you do the work up front, and then the soil remains fluffy and, and it, you know, it retains its nutrients and all those things. And it's, it's fine. It's been working great. So how much time does it take? So uh, my wife likes to fiddle with it, and she probably spends more time than she needs to. But I think you could do this on, you know, 45 minutes a week. Uh, sound right? Exactly. The, I designed the method with the idea in mind of trying to convince what I would call your average Joe, somebody who gets in the car, drives to work every day, drives home every day, and usually sits at home five hours a night in front of the television. Watching TV. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what he does. He watches TV. I want him to take away 20 minutes of his TV time on average a day and invest it in making his family self-sufficient so that he maybe doesn't have to work a few hours of overtime. He reclaims that part of his life so he can spend it building his family. He can spend it doing something else, starting another business that he wants to do. A million other things that he can do besides being subservient to an employer who thinks he should be a slave. Sure. Well, when you um, are working for somebody else, you A, your taxes uh, are paid on things, right? Right. And B, you've got uh, also, you know, your employer's making money. Otherwise, your employer, was, if they weren't making money on you, wouldn't be employing you. So they're getting a portion of your wages. When you're spending your time on a garden of yours, all the pro produce it's is your you. produce. Yeah. And all you have to do is have one of your own t fresh tomatoes, and you'll be convinced. I mean, you know, for me, that's the very first place to start is fresh tomatoes are so delicious. And, uh, the, you know, I mean, they're, they're nothing like those the red cardboard you get at the store. It, I mean, it's it's just a whole different thing. And, uh, you know, squash, so easy to make. You know, just pop them in, and then you've got squash for days. And Now, what ways do you go about storing things like that? It depends on the particular type of uh, produce, of course. But mm -hmm. you can store tomatoes. I us usually make spaghetti sauce yeah. because I happen to like spaghetti. You can have a lot of tomatoes to make spaghetti, spaghetti sauce. Yeah, but I grow a lot of tomatoes. Yeah, and yeah. They're prolific. Yeah, exactly. I just happen to grow uh, indeterminate varieties so that mm -hmm. I can put them on the back edge of a bed mm -hmm. so that they don't take up that much space. Um, but those, you can dehydrate them. You could freeze them. I tend not to. I tend to can them. Other types of things I'm more likely to freeze, such as broccoli. Uh, because I think it tastes better frozen. It certainly is not good canned. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, this all seems like a great idea, especially for a family, I mean, to get involved in, get the kids involved, and uh, have the whole family involved. Couldn't in, be much more wholesome than that, right? Right? Well, <laughs> and, and, a little family time? Well, yeah, and speaking of wholesome, there's a huge difference in the nutritional value of what you grow versus what you buy. Uh, the typical, you know, a person typically needs between 20 and 50 elements in their diet. And your typical factory farm type food that you buy at the supermarket only supplies as many as 13. Hmm. A lot of researchers are saying that one of the biggest causes of health problems that we have is lack of micronutrients in our food. When you grow your own food, it's going to be inherently much more healthful and a lot more fresh, which is also going to be more healthful. How do you keep your soil um, full of the, these micronutrients? Well, you, you practice sustainable methods, okay. which means you do composting, mm -hmm. which means that the micronutrients that have left the soil in the plant get returned in the plant. 
And so that makes a big difference right there, that those nutrients get held on to because you're using a biological matrix. So you can learn more about this. You've got a book. It's called Mini Farming. Is that right? Correct. Mini Farming and MarkhamFarm.com, M-A-R-K-H-A-M-Farm.com. You've got a blog there. looks like some information available on the site. So go and check out more uh, about Brett Markham. And, and thanks. Glad to know you're in New Hampshire. More coming up here. This is right. Free Talk Live at 855 for This is Free Talk Live. We are here at the 2012 Liberty Forum. You can visit us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. You can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, of course, again, freetalklive.com, where you control the content if you like. You can vote on different items on the site, submit your own to it. Uh, you find an, uh, like a, an article of some sort, of maybe a YouTube video that's interesting on the Internet. You share it. On our site, share it as uh, submitted as show prep. Other listeners then vote up or down whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So do head over there, get interactive. Uh, we've got all kinds of interesting people we're talking to tonight. Uh, some of them are special guest speakers that have already spoken here at the Liberty Forum, maybe earlier today or yesterday. We've talked with Carlos Miller from uh, the Photography is Not a Crime blog, carlosmiller.com, and many other folks have joined us over the last few days. So if you've missed a moment of this Liberty Forum coverage, if you unfortunately weren't able to make it this year, well, Free Talk Live, we've been doing three hours a night of, uh, of shows here the last few days, so please go to freetalklive.com. You can download as many of those as you would like and uh, and listen back and see some of the other things that have happened here. But uh, Carla is with us. We've had Carlos on earlier, and we now have Carla on. And uh, Carla, you are the president of the Free State Project at this moment in time. Yes. And pronounce your last name, Garicky? Garicky. Doesn't really matter. It's Kerika. No one can Kerika. say that. So. I like that better. What is that? Carla Kerika. Yeah. Okay. And where's that from? Kerika. South Africa. Okay. I like that. Okay. So uh, you're on with us here, and I, it's always good to have you. Thanks for stepping away from whatever conversation you were having uh, to talk to us here, because you're the president of the Free State Project. People want to talk to you. You've got uh, there's a lot going on with the Free State Project today. Just recently crossing the 1,000 uh, member in New Hampshire threshold. That's yes. pretty exciting. Woo! <laughs> What else is um, happening? Well, uh, that is very exciting, and, and, and in fact, we're going to have an after-party a little later. At, tonight? Tonight. Oh, perfect. To is it going to be here? celebrate. Actually, it's going to be at one of our more oh, Agora locations, but we do have shuttles running, so people oh, don't okay. have to that's drive. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I get a 1,000 points for that shout-out because, Great. you know, there was a little drama. Do we take things away from the hotel? Do we keep them here? But it's actually a positive because our community has become so big that... We actually have the opportunity to showcase things outside, you know, just the Crown Plaza. Mm-hmm. We have businesses to show people, and and I think it's good for new new movers or people who are interested to come in and to really see that, you know, we we're actually putting our lives where our mouths are. We're living it. Very cool. So, what is your uh, experience thus far with this Liberty Forum? Do you feel like I heard earlier from the the, the prior president of the uh, the Free State Project, Baron, that this is bigger than ever? Is that a true statement? I believe it is. I know that we have um, we sold over 340 tickets. I'm not sure. Um, 
you know, there, there are different levels of tickets this time. Right. So there's like a VIP, there's a non-meals ticket, there's daily passes. Sure. And, and, and I mean, you know, certainly at the opening event, you know, we always ask this question. I, I remember the first time I did it at Port Fest mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, who here has never been to Port Fest before? Right. And I asked that this time around. You did. Yeah. I know you kind of coughed at me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I love to ask that question. I love that question. Well, it was just because I was so shocked at Port Fest. I had no idea, you know, because you, you recognize people that you know and then you just kind of see those people but it's really important to see the new people right you're, sure. you're surrounded by all kinds of new faces and when i asked the question and it's okay that you, if you asked it later because uh, there's always different people coming in sure. right so when i asked it was well over 50 percent of the crowd oh sure except varin the ex-president uh-huh. put his hand up and i was like uh <laughs> varin you are not a first time no, over new margin of error. <laughs> <laughs> he, yes he's our margin of error so what what are the uh, some of the speakers that are, have been most interesting to you, uh, whether or not you've gotten to see them? What sure. what do you think are some of the highlights of this year's Liberty Forum? Well, I, I, I stepped out from the Salatin talk, which I was very interested in. You know, we're very involved with the Barta Farm. You, you went away from the keynote speech to talk to us? I did. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I do love my FTL. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I really enjoyed Carlos Miller, obviously, because that's great. sort of, you know, that, and that's a topic that, you know, a lot of us is close to our hearts. You know, You've been arrested for video recording, you know, police. and wiretap, you know, wiretapping charges. I mean, I start my depositions next, you know, next month. So you're counter. You mean on the yeah. counter because you are getting together to, with an attorney and you're going after the state government. Is absolutely right? yeah. The state or the, the state of the, the state. state. Well, it's actually it's a federal suit. A federal suit against the state of New Hampshire or against federal the federal suit against the town of Weir and gotcha. the PD, yeah. and it's great because you know we're having depositions with their uh, public defender, with hmm. uh, their attorney, with the chief of police. And they I'm didn't like, expect that when they put, when they put you in handcuffs, did well, they? Well, they should have. That part where I was yelling when they were mm. tightening my cuffs, and I was like, "I will sue you, mofo!" Yeah. You I am telling you that, and you, I did. You're so. an attorney, right? Attorney yes. is an attorney. <laughs> So tell me more. I mean, what, what else is going on with that? Uh, well, right now, as I said, we're just in depositions. I'm sure my lawyer would be horrified if oh, I right. say more than that. But um, in terms of speakers, obviously, uh, Carlos Miller. What I actually really appreciated about him, too, is he's not a libertarian. You know, he sort of comes from the left. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the exciting things here, you know, with Salatin, he was talking about how do we frame the message. And he's really enjoying his keynote because he doesn't often speak to people where he doesn't have to start with government might be bad. Why can't we, like, farm our own chickens? You know, so he's, like, really going at it because he's, like... He doesn't have to cover the ground bases first. And this one of the things that most of the people here agree on is that we don't need a whole lot of government in our lives. Some people don't think we need any, and I'm on board with those folks. Um, but the, it's a great crowd of folks, and, and the, that really allows conversations to start from a completely different uh, vantage point sure. and perspective. And, you know, what, another thing that's really exciting, and, like, I'm a people person, so I like going around and looking at the new people. People who are here asking them, you know, what it will take to get you to move. And I've talked to people whose children, which I find kind of interesting. I would say they're like in their 40s and their kids are like 21, 22. And oftentimes I'll be like, well, what's holding you back from moving? And they'll say, um, well, my kids. I'm like, how old are your kids? I'm expecting like 12, 14. They're like 20, 22. I'm like, Okay, first of all, that's not an excuse anymore. <laughs> Second of all, what do your kids do? And several people have told me their kids actually work in the Agora. They're either running, like, card games at night and, you know, just making black market money because they don't want to go to college. But they figured out that 
I don't know if vices pay. <laughs> you work outside the system is usually the best way to keep the what the money that you earn. I mean, if you're yeah, working inside the wealth. system, they're taking a bunch of money out in taxes, and so plenty of people have the incentive that it takes to uh, to like you said join the agora, the the open marketplace, sure, and uh, and offer their products and services. And we've certainly seen plenty of that happening here. Actually, uh, Mandrick is up in the vendors room uh, offering baklava for sale. And, and I'm, it's I'm, totally I'm, illegal I, baklava. I'm sure I'm the only person who has not had, but had at least 100 people tell them about the chocolate-covered bacon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he does have chocolate-covered bacon. I, I haven't tried it yet, but it did look tempting today, I have to say. It, it's not something you would expect to have. You know? So is this going to happen again, Carla? Because last year the Liberty Forum didn't happen. It was an unfortunate mishap with an organizer that had never done it before, and the ball got dropped. Right. And uh, Chris Lawless is back. In my understanding, he didn't get paid for this. I thought that somebody was getting paid to put this together. It's a huge task to put this event together, and uh, I was shocked when Herculean. I found out he wasn't even getting like any kind of a comp, anything. I mean, he obviously gets to stay in a hotel room, I think, but, sure. but that's probably about it. Um, that's I mean, incredible. I, well, sure, and, and, and honestly, like I mean, I organized Pork Fest for two years. Mm-hmm. I never got paid. I actually made a $10,000 profit the first year I ran Pork wow, Fest. Sweet. Wow, and, um And I've had this discussion with the board, so I don't feel bad about saying it on air. No one ever thanked me, and I was <laughs> like, you, I will never, ever make you money again, Free State Project. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're the president. And now I'm the president. See how we roll? <laughs> Well, everybody wants to fix the Free State Project, that's for sure. <laughs> um, it's unfixable. Look at what we have. <laughs> well, we were talking about Jason Sorens, the founder of the Free State Project, uh, the other night. And, like, you know, did you originally envision, envision this? How could you, right? It's, it was just, you came up with this idea, and it spread out, and, uh, and it's become so, something so awesome. Everybody's got their own thing. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a movement of beauty. That's all I can say. You know, a lot of people here this, this weekend have been talking about truth. You know, and, and it's not lip service. Like, we, we, we kind of, we live in a time of lies. Like, so much of what we're fed is just honestly lies. It's corruption. It's evilness, purely. I mean, I, I do believe that. And it's, it's incredibly beautiful to be part of a movement that is a movement of truth and peace and happiness. And, I mean, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow in my closing speech, but um, freedom makes people happy. If New Hampshire is the most free state in New Hampshire or in America or anywhere or anywhere, I don't know. I've been to some pretty cool hedonistic places that are probably a little cooler than New Hampshire and a little warmer. But, you know, this is our home. This is what we've chosen. There's no reason that couldn't happen here. And it is happening. And so we are creating the happiest place on earth. I love it. (laughs) And I'm proud to be part of it. And and thanks, Carla, for coming on the show tonight. Always nice to uh, to hear from you. And uh, freestateproject.org is where people can go. Get signed up. If you love liberty, that is. If you understand that liberty, you know, that means that you have to allow others to be free. So you also can be free. Uh, it's all about allowing people. 855-450-FREE is our number here. You can call in, bring up anything you like. More from the Liberty Forum, the 2012 edition, the final hour, is coming up in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Brazil's Rio de Janeiro is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. Ringed with 45 miles of glorious beaches, Rio de Janeiro is famed for its magnificent setting, a combination of tropical beauty and big city excitement. Copacabana Beach is two and a half miles long, 
combined with hotels, apartments, and open-air restaurants. Rio throws some of the best parties around. Carnival is one of the continent's grandest events, but Réveillon, which takes place on Copacabana Beach on New Year's Eve, isn't far behind. And just two days before, on December 29th, thousands turn out to celebrate Imanja, the beloved African goddess of the sea. Followers dressed in white come to the beach to send off their petitions to her and little boats that they set afloat in the water. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. This is Free Talk Live. We are here live, extra live. Uh, Normally we're live on Saturday nights, but we're actually in person at the Liberty Forum, the 2012 edition here at the Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, Incredible weather for this time of year in uh, New Hampshire. Sun's out uh, pretty much every day. and uh, It's out in short sleeves today. It's above freezing, so it's uh, it's nice. And there are, of course, hundreds of like-minded people here in this hotel at the Nashua Crown Plaza to gather together for the purposes of uh, getting to know one another if they've never met before and, of course, see old friends perhaps they haven't seen in a little while uh, because this is a yearly event. There's always a good group of uh, a good crew of folks up here. Not, as uh, Carla was telling us, the president of the Free State Project, lots of new faces here, as there are every single year, because people are interested in uh, doing something about liberty, and that's what the Free State Project is all about. It's about getting like-minded, liberty-oriented people together, so we can make a difference in achieving liberty in our lifetime. And that's part of what this event's about: is is showcasing some of the things that are going on, some of the success stories that uh, we've already experienced just in the very beginning cusps of this uh, this movement, with uh, only a thousand people that are in new hampshire as part of the free state project i say only i say that because the goal is twenty thousand we have a little over eleven thousand signed up thus far so we still are working toward that goal but a thousand people are already here they're already getting active in various different ways whether it be politics or civil disobedience or creating media and some of those folks are the people that we're talking to this evening on our third microphone all kinds of different subjects we've had people talking about everything from recording the police over the last three days we've been doing shows here for the last few days uh, you know, recording the police to uh, to cannabis freedom and uh, self uh, self sufficiency. We've got uh, another gentleman here who's joining us tonight. Jack Spierko is with us from the Survival Podcast. And you were telling us, Jack. Um, uh, by the way, welcome to Free Talk Live. Lean right on into that microphone there. Uh, you were telling us that your podcast is is something that you've taken from a hobby to a full time. You know your career essentially your Absolutely, entrepreneurship, yes. uh, and and I love that that story. You know it, it it rings true for me too. Free Talk Live was our hobby for a long time, something that we really just loved to do, and we didn't get paid for for you know about five years. 
uh, and finally, you know, we made it. You made it to to success a whole lot faster, didn't you? I mean, what what was your timetable like from beginning to where you could quit whatever it was you were doing prior to this? Yeah, I actually began the show in my car. I called it my personal mobile studio, and I had a cheap little MP3 recorder and uh, just an old Plantronics headset. And I took podcasting as a medium that was completely free. I could say whatever I want, do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started doing it in uh, mid-2008, right before the market just collapsed. And uh, it's all self-sufficiency, self-reliance, but part of that is having your money and not losing your money. So that was one of my big first messages. And I think uh, the early listeners that started listening, I think I actually saved a lot of 401k plans. So I just said, go to cash. And uh, the people that did that, I think it built a lot of loyalty with them. And then I was <laughs> giving them things they could actually do in their lives uh, to become more self-sufficient, more self-reliant, and, and teaching them that you know libertarianism can be po- political, but the best libertarianism is personal. And if you live your own life in a free way, you start to find avenues that generally aren't available to people. That built a lot of loyalty, and they kind of took that with uh, – took that ball and ran with it. They marketed for me, uh, and within two years, I, I quit my job and uh, was doing the show full-time. And uh, then Incredible. We, we moved to, uh, to Arkansas uh, last year, and now we have an office and proper recording equipment and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's because people were ready for the message that what you do matters, and that's really what my show is all about is what you do is important. Uh, and, and coming here, this has just been amazing because I'm, you know, I've been kind of down on the political stuff because I'm like, it's just too big. It's just too hard to move. You know, yeah, you can't make a difference. So, so let's do it for ourselves. But I'm seeing people here that are making a difference. In New Hampshire, you can. When I say you can't make a difference, yeah. I mean you, the listener, that aren't living in New Hampshire, because uh, the way the system is set up here, it is more accessible. There are 400 uh, legislators in the you know the the House of Representatives here. That's what the third largest in the whole Western world or something the, like that. English speaking world. The English speaking. Yep. I mean, this a, that's a huge. Makes it them very available. You can call them at home. You know, their kids are answering the phone. I mean, it's they're much more connected you try calling some rep out in california good luck you're gonna have to go through you know 20 aides and uh, staff members and they and they don't care what you think these are people who literally live, live down the street from you uh, in many cases and plus when you concentrate the activism all in that one in this small relatively small place low population place like new hampshire you get a, an overwhelming effect you get a, you're the big fish in a small pond one person in their opinions especially logical moral uh correct opinions like the ideas of liberty can have a big impact here and it's been great. Yeah, I, I talked to a guy uh, the first night I got here, and he was like, I don't really count because I was born here. I'm a native. I've always been here. So I didn't move here. And I'm like, of course you count. You're the reason people came here. They count more. You're, exactly. Yeah, you're the reason people chose this place because it was already closer to the alignment with liberty mindset than most of the other places that were considered. I think Wyoming was maybe a close second. but this... It wasn't even a close second, no, really. No. Yeah, in the vote. There were 10 states originally for the Free State Project that were kind of on the, the roster of states. Each uh, you know state had its own group of support who probably already lived there, uh, and <laughs> yeah. so they came up with the pitch for their own state. And so each person voting in the original vote on this got a, a kind of a packet, like a 40-page packet of each pitch from each state, and New Hampshire just knocked it out. They had the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire, which has been updated since then is, uh, and is available at freestateproject.org. Uh, and that's for me, that was a very persuasive thing. I did vote uh, number one for New Hampshire. I'm so glad I, I did. Yeah, I'm from the South originally, so it's cold up here for me. But uh, to be around these people... It is so worthwhile, and thank you 
everybody for uh, for for being here, uh, not just here at uh, the Liberty Forum, but here in New Hampshire as well. Tell me more about the Survival Podcast, though. I mean, incredibly successful, thirty-five thousand podcast listeners. You're producing it every day. Did you start originally every day? I, I right from the very beginning, I did it every single day. I That's figured a great commitment. That, that when I looked at the online world and social media and things like that, I realized the most valuable thing people have today is their time. Mm-hmm. And if you want them to invest in you, you have to invest in them, and they need to know that they're that you're consistently going to be there every single time. So that was, you know, one of my rules was to be there every single time. The next thing was to make preparedness something that every person could do. Uh, I wanted it to be something nobody felt overwhelmed by, that people could start out with very small steps. Because you can go crazy in this oh, world. Oh, you can go nuts. And that is one of the things that scares me about it, as I've seen people go nuts yeah. with it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've got that kind of money or time or interest. But So, like, my presentation here was on 12 planks of modern survivalism. There's 12 tenets that I've built a whole philosophy on. And the first one's probably the most important, and that is everything that you do to prepare for disaster or emergency tomorrow should make your life better today, even if nothing goes wrong. Hmm. So That's a good idea. You, you store food in a small way, well, you actually save money, uh, you actually have more convenience, you don't have to leave the house, and then if you have an ice storm or something even worse, you have food to eat. So that makes a lot more sense than, you know, ordering a pallet of long-term storage food for nine grand on the Amex card, and then your brother-in-law mocks you for the rest of your life. Uh, and, And that really is everything that I'm about is coming off of that one tenant. And to kind of put it up in a nutshell, really what my goal is is not to create a nation full of preppers. That's that's the sub-goal. Mm. By creating people that are prepared, creating people that can feed themselves, uh, that can take care of their family, that can defend themselves, that can look after themselves, their neighborhoods, and their communities, I'm creating libertarians. They just don't know it. You take the most ardent status you can find, and you put him into that state where he can actually look after himself and feels confident, you know, take your gun-hating neighbor to the range and teach him to shoot. That's how you make somebody support the Second Amendment, not through a logical argument. You actually give them that power. You show them that power. And when people become empowered like that, they let go of fear. When they let go of fear, they follow logic. Well, logic Mm. leads you to a libertarian mindset. Makes sense. And letting go of fear is such an important uh, factor. Do you talk about those sorts of aspects on on your show? Not just the the nuts and bolts of of survival, but, you know, the more the mental preparation. Probably more than the nuts and bolts because it's more important. There's been people that have had everything they needed to survive in a wilderness situation or a forest fire or anything, and they've died because they weren't mentally prepared for it. Mm. Um, The mental aspects are absolutely the most key to the things that we we, we really do Um, because, again, it's about fear. And then fear leads you to stupid things. Fear leads you to buy the pallet full of MREs. Fear leads you to freak out and think, I have to have a bunker buried 12 feet underground or something right. like that. Fear leads you to do stupid things that put you on a radar that maybe you'd rather not be on. Uh, so to me, practical preparedness and logic go hand in hand. And the people that support the state, the idea of the state, uh, they want you to be afraid. They want you to be afraid of them and the future and uncertainty. And that's what you're saying. You know, you teach people to get rid of that fear. Even a status is going to start realizing, well, maybe we don't need this idea anymore. Maybe this is an old idea like slavery we can just get rid of. Which is why I believe that the status that are in power do not like the prepper movement right now. They're mm-hmm. not actually afraid that we're subversive terrorists or some nonsense like that. They realize that once you can look after yourself, you'll turn to them and when they go, but see, if, if we don't raise taxes here, then we'll have to cut this program or, you know, mm-hmm. we need more here. And you'll go, so? Yeah, I don't get care. Of, get out of my life. Hey, Jack, uh, not you, but the state. Uh, Jack, I appreciate you coming on Free Talk Live here tonight. And people can go to your website. What is it? It is www.thesurvivalpodcast.com or thesurvivalpodcast.com, depending on what part of the country you're from. <laughs> thesurvivalpodcast.com. There's also a video channel you can click there uh, through your website and link to the uh, your YouTube channel and su- subscribe there. More coming up live from the 2020. Liberty.
This is Free Talk Live. We're here at the Liberty Forum 2012 edition, and it's so good to be back after taking a year off due to an unfortunate uh, mishap with an organizer. The original organizer is back on board. The The event is as good, if not better, than it's ever been. Lots of great people in the house uh, tonight. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being here. Only one of them's clapping right now, so maybe <laughs> they're not happy with what they're hearing. I oh, don't know. they're doing stuff. Yeah, they are, actually. They're, uh, they, he, David, the guy, the David guy, Standard's out here, uh, you know, trying out his new uh, uh, what, weapons, gear, and all kinds of stuff. The uh, the guy that, uh, that was clapping did bring a bottle of alcohol uh, into the basement here, so I think the party has started uh, out here here at the uh, the Free Talk Live viewing area. So always, uh, of course, the party just goes on throughout the weekend, uh, but it's also a serious matter. Lots of uh, serious issues being discussed here. As we, we mentioned, everything from, uh, you know, survival to standing up to the police to, uh, you know, cannabis freedom. I mean, just all over the map, ending the war on drugs. Just so many interesting people uh, to talk to, and we'll never get a chance to talk to them all. But that's why you should be here, so you can talk to some of them and, uh, and network. And if you can't make it this year, then come next year. Uh, come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And Angela Keaton is joining us from antiwar.com. One of my favorite organizations. Uh, yeah, for sure. Principled organization standing against the, uh, the problem-solving, the, the really inefficient problem-solving technique of war. No doubt. Angela, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Oh, I am so glad to be back. <laughs> well, it's always nice to see you in New Hampshire. You are no stranger to the uh, the Free State Project events. You were just at the Porcupine Freedom Festival last year. Well, like I consider myself a, a, a good uh, member of the community where I go to the events that uh, we all hold dear and where the kind of where the vanguard of the movement is at the moment. Now, what is antiwar.com? What is antiwar.com? Yeah. It's the absolute best and the baddest news ever. <laughs> it's really bad news. It's bad news. It's like, I, I mean, I, I want everyone to read the site, but I'm telling you, it's a downer. Yeah, it, it totally is. I mean, there's so many wars, and, and it's hard to probably keep track of them all. I mean, because it's not just the U.S. that's involved in, in war, and it's no. not just a U.S.-focused site. No, though, I mean, honestly, with our mission, our end statement is basically what we have control over, which appropriately is, you know, U.S. involvement abroad, things that you and I pay for. And even if you're a tax resistor, you're still paying for it in other ways. If you're, you know, in any way engaging the outside world, you are pretty much part of the military-industrial complex. To use an old cliche, yeah, I term. don't, I don't pay federal taxes if I can, if I can avoid paying them. Obviously, my cell phone bill is one thing, but uh, I try to just stay away from them as much as possible. But as long as you use the Federal Reserve note, their currency, you're always on the hook for their wars because they can, they're paying through their war for their wars, not through the income tax, as much as they are by simply inflating the uh, the money supply. And this will go on and on and on forever. But, you know, that's antiwar.com, though. I mean, we have a certain, we have a very unusual approach. I mean, we don't hide the fact that the staff has a real steeped tradition within the libertarian movement. The founders were part of Rothbard's Radical Caucus and the Libertarian Party. That would be the Radical Caucus, too. And, you know, we're, you know, very proud of that tradition and the Rothbarding tradition. What is the, what is the worst thing the state does? takes your money and kills people with mm-hmm. it yep. yeah. and sort of the root of, you know, we're, we're, you know, since we're, most of us are non-aggression principle anarchists and that's, you know, n- things like natural I'm rights. I'm a voluntarist. Volunt- <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you these, fancy ter- like. these fancy terms, the, the whole, yeah, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I and I totally your, lost your my thought. thought. <laughs> 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 what, one of the things that I thought was, uh, you know, really an important um, here is that p- probably when we talk about wars, what are people thinking about right now? And it's that, you know, uh, everybody thinks Iraq's over, even though there's, what, 40,000 uh, military contractors there. <laughs> the um, pretend withdrawal. <laughs> right, the pretend withdrawal. And then everybody thinks that Afghanistan's essentially over, even though, what, there's 100,000 U.S. troops there still? It's, oh, man. Obama yeah, said, oh, yeah, yeah. we're done. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, he, he makes these announcements. Of course, 
tours. You know, we've had several announcements at the end of the Iraq War, but it's, it's somewhat well, right. accomplished with George Bush, right? It, it, it's, it's somewhat all deceptive, though. I mean, Obama, you know, there's a status of forces agreement and the fact that essentially Iraq was no longer going to guarantee you know, security for Americans, sure. essentially. Kicked the yes. United States out. Yes. <laughs> I, most of the people listening probably don't remember, you know, being a little kid and watching, you know, the fall of Saigon or anything. But, you know, we're going to have one of those moments where people are clinging to the last helicopters out of Baghdad. It's going to mm-hmm. get real ugly. Now, what is, but people were probably thinking about Iran. I mean, oh, yeah, we've got those other two wars behind us. No big deal. Let's move on to the next one. Um, I mean, you know, Iran is what people are really thinking about. And from what everything I've seen, the IAEA uh, has said that Iran is not building a nuclear weapon. But you wouldn't know that by listening to the news. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, you're turning into Fox, and there's John Bolton telling you, you've got to kill those Persian menace now. They're going to come over here on their flying carpet and do God knows what to your kids. Right. They're talking about um, Iran basically creating an intercontinental, intercontinental ballistic missile. I mean, the idea that this that country is going to create an intercontinental ballistic missile is beyond me. Well, I love what Ron Paul said at the recent debate where he was addressing this issue. You know, he pointed out that during the Cold War, we knew that the uh, the, the Russians had or the uh, the Soviets had all kinds of nuclear weapons and destruction on their hands that they could have used. They had in Cuba at one point, uh, and you know, it ended up okay. We ended up talking uh, our way out of it. We, meaning the federal government, but uh, you know, in this case, Ron Paul points out they're just this is just speculation. I mean, the speculation that this country, uh, these people, might get a nuclear weapon versus what happened in the past, where there already were all these nukes and everything ended up being fine through diplomacy it's just it's just saber rattling and it's the same old story again and again and again create an enemy whip up fervor and frenzy around uh, being afraid we're back on the fear topic again and get people behind the idea of uh, of going on another aggressive crusade well, you know, we've been on an 11-year cycle of some really heavy-duty propaganda about our national security, about Muslims, about Arabs, about Central Asians. I mean, heavily laced with all kinds of racism and jingoism and, you know, outright religious bigotry, as we saw with the uh, the non-mosque that wasn't near um, Ground Zero oh, in yeah. New York City. I mean, it just... we. We're, we don't think rationally about this, and we're not allowed to think rationally about this. Because after all, I mean, Mark, my, why don't, why do you hate this country? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you if you think that people should have religious freedom, you hate the country. Yeah. I mean, the what, what is it? The First Amendment. <laughs> So antiwar.com, I didn't know prior to pulling you over here uh, to sit down and chat with us that there's a funding drive going on right now. Oh, God bless you guys. (laughs) Oh, yes, there is. There's a there is a pledge. We do quarterly pledge drives. Um, You know, we're not we're not the kind of people who are going to get foundation or grant money. We're a little unusual. And we realize Mm -hmm. it's what we do. You're a news organization. Yes. Fundamentally, antiwar.com is a news organization. And it's not the kind of news organization that's you guys aren't commercial. You don't take commercials or anything like that. Uh, The way that you keep the the, the separation between, you know, your ad dollars and your content is by not having ad dollars. You have, you know, people directly fund what you're doing. It's reader supported. That's how we think of it. I mean, it's supported by the people who read it so you know pretty much where it's coming from and it's you know it's our our average our average donation is 45 dollars okay per person so i mean you know i'm not dating any of the Koch brothers or george (laughs) soros currently though i'd be willing to if i didn't do another couple pledge drives really but that's uh that's how we do it and we've been doing it this way for 15 years and you know well 16 16 years and it uh there's always another war. Yeah, that's and that's really the case. There's always another war coming, 
and until we can get to the point where humans can stop aggressing against each other. Point yeah. that I did a little research on, and I really want to point this out, is I, I did some research, and if you look at democide, which is the, the, the killing of individuals by, their gov- by governments, and you uh, consider that famine is also generally created by governments, you'll see that the, the killingest thing in the 20th century was the state. Absolutely. But the state doesn't exist. It's just an idea. And there are only human beings that exist in the way they treat one another. So once we can get past the idea of the state as being a necessity, we can move on with uh, whatever the next great plateau of mankind is, which hopefully will move us beyond, for the most part, any kind of organized war. Probably won't end conflict between individuals, but that's down the road. Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com. Thanks for sitting in on Free Talk Live. Always appreciate it. Keep up the great work. There's more coming up from the 2012. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Even here on this unusual night, chock full of interviews, uh, people with which to discuss a variety of different topics that uh, only gives you a sampling of some of the things discussed here at the Liberty Forum. We couldn't possibly interview all the guest speakers and panelists uh, that they've had here. Sure, dozens and dozens of hours of a sort of man or people people hours of uh, speaking going on here, and we're trying to squeeze it into uh, you know a few shows and a few minutes. So many faces that we know, uh, so many uh, people that uh, that we're familiar with having had on in the past. Uh, Kevin Innes just walked into the yep. audience room from uh, the, was... for, formerly of the Liberty Dollar, mm-hmm. spent two years in prison uh, as he awaited a trial because you know our friend uh, Bernard von Nothaus is also... your freedom to use what you wish to uh, ex- as a medium of exchange. Right. I mean, the Liberty Dollar story is something we've talked a lot about in the past. We've had Bernard von Nothaus on the show as well, who's the founder of the Liberty Dollar, who's currently facing 23 years in prison uh, because, again, he created an alternative currency that became so popular that uh, was the number one alternative currency in the United States after being around for almost a decade and the federal government came in they swooped in they raided his offices they arrested people like kevin and they uh, they arrested uh, bernard and some of his uh, his other associates and uh, they went after him because they created an alternative that something that was viable something that was uh, real something that actually had silver and gold and other precious metals backing it uh, or in some cases was actually silver and uh, so unfortunately that particular business model didn't work out because it was just it, it was centralized, and that was one of the, the real faults for, with the Liberty Dollar. It was a great starting point for, for alternative currencies. I was an associate myself, so I supported it. Uh, but ultimately, they came into the, the vault, they swooped in, they took all the, the, the cash, they went after him, and it's just a tragic story. Um, but having a distributed uh, form of alternative currency is a way to you know, kind of go after the state 
uh, or, you know, necessarily go after the state, but avoid the state, avoid uh, their their taxes and avoid their uh, their controls. And there are different ways that we're seeing the uh, marketplace come up with to do this. Bitcoin is one of those ways. It is an instant digital form of essentially cash. It's like the digital cash that can be used com- almost completely anonymously. If if you take the steps, you can be totally anonymous, as I understand it, with uh, with Bitcoin. It's potentially anonymous. You can learn learn more about it at weusecoins.org. More people are picking this up. It's been quite the buzz here at Porkfest. People have been talking about Bitcoin. Uh, and, it, you know, weusecoins.org, you're going to learn more about it. It's completely peer-to-peer. There is no central Bitcoin company. It's it's an open-source movement, uh, and the, the, the government cannot shut it down. It's a total threat to their system's legitimacy, and it's a threat to all the fiat government currencies around the world. But it's not just Bitcoins. By the way, you can get your own uh, Bitcoins over at bitinstant.com by depositing cash at any major bank. And that's just one of the things that BitInstant will allow you to do. Bitinstant.com is where you can go. And again, go to weusecoins.org to learn more about that. Uh, to learn more about the Bitcoin. But alternative currencies don't always have to be online. In fact, it's good if you've got uh, alternative currencies that are physical, in physical form, and we're seeing physical Bitcoins coming about. But one of the longest-running forms of money in human history is precious metals, silver, gold. And we had Drew Phillips on the other night uh, from uh, – Drew, what, what website should we be plugging here? I know that you're involved with freedomsphoenix.com. But I know you- Freedoms Phoenix is a great website to, to be associated with. And, uh, but uh, we always like to say we're all individuals, so, uh, so we're not the, uh, any type of collective. But uh, uh, happy to be here on behalf of freedomsphoenix.com and Don't Tread on Meme. Don't Tread on Meme. Don't Tread on Meme. And then and, and, uh, more of my, my project or what I'll be talking about tomorrow here at the Free State Project at the, in the main room. Room is the silver calculator app, and that's what is this coin with that info. So we have a lot of projects, and uh, they, like you were saying, they all revolve around the ideas of alternative currency, the ideas of sound money, and the ideas of promoting silver uh, in barter and trade, and any way we can do to facilitate that without a loss. So there's obviously costs involved, and actually, this conference is great because there's a lot of uh, silver merchants here, a mm-hmm. lot of people doing silver circle movies. Obviously, you know, uh, here uh, we've got competition between silver vendors here at this. Uh, at this absolutely, event. but what, great. but more than competition, my point was a lot of synergy and a lot of. Uh, a lot of us are discussing and trying to get a hold of what can the liberty movement do to promote sound money and these principles. It's a great uh, – some of the things you're doing are great. Obviously, the uh, whatisthiscoinworth.info is a huge thing. It's, it's an app for uh, Droid, uh, the Android platform. Also, iPhone uh, is coming. Is I it? just came out two days ago. Right. We're happy to announce that. So uh, get on over there. Just over search it. Silver Calculator in either of the marketplaces. Perfect. Silver Calculator. That's the easiest way to get your, get your hands on this. And that's going to give you up-to-the-minute, up-to-date up to uh, silver prices for whatever diff- – different types of coins? Many different coins and now cards, our silver and our dime card stuff, but many other different coins – older coins, and then different denominations of bullion rounds. Now, we talked about the dime cards previously on Free Talk Live. I think they're a really cool idea. Where can people go to learn more about those dime cards? Because you've got silver dime cards that people are uh, trading out there. They're using as a currency. It's really cool. Correct. Uh, and then that's Don't Tread on Meme, which is uh, M-E-M-E, a meme or a mem or however you want to pronounce it. They're, I got one today. You guys are selling them. And uh, I got the one with a picture from Keene, New Hampshire on it uh, with Derek J. writing on the cannon in the uh, the, the Central uh, Square Park, which is very – I, I thought it was like I'm, a nice I'm glad. commemorative commemorative card. Well, I'm glad you like that. Uh, ch- the chalk lives on now because it washes away, and now it's uh, immortalized. In, in so we photographic were, form. And, and actually, uh, we owe a donation to the Chalking 8 with those is why we were inspired to make them, because we Perfect. wanted to uh, thank them for their activism. But um, 
Uh, so don't tread on me, man. The uh, the tagline is fashioning the silver economy. So that's there's a lot. The, of, that's not the only thing you're up to, though, right no, now. No, that's correct. And you had something that uh, you, I was talking with your business partner today, uh, Ross, and he was saying, "Well, I need to ask you if we can talk about this." My understanding, you're ready to talk about this, sure, this machine. Talk. What what is the the machine that is coming? So basically, uh, you know, Freedom's Phoenix, we like we like political theater. We like to make spectacles. We like to get big and animated. So we decided. Uh, it's actually Ron Hewlett from Shire Silver gave us the idea, and someone here in New Hampshire sort of kind of does it, but just not in the way we do. We bought a six-foot-tall candy vending machine. Mm-hmm. So typically vends candy and soda and chips and such. And then we're going to vend silver out of it. Dime cards, uh, copper rounds. We can do goodie bags. We can do all kinds of fun stuff out of this vending machine. And uh, basically, uh, we're going to put it on tour. We take it to L.A. I got some other events lined up. But basically, we're going to drop it in the middle of Agra Valley at Porkfest and kind of walk away from it and see what happens. Interesting. You, you put your dollar bills in the vending machine, and it dispenses silver. So people have always, because the problem right now is we know what melt is, and the calculator will tell you exactly what melt value for your coins and cards are. But there's a market rate for them, and there should be, you know, like Ron does there's, at Shire Silver, there, there's an exchange rate that we'd like to back with this and, and, and put into these cards. And we need the market because we're not central planners. We need mm-hmm. the market to decide what those rates are. So Porkfest is kind of like the uh, is it like the beta test of like the free market, the real world. You know, so we, we were really excited to go back to Porkfest because we want to see what the free state and everyone who goes and the thousand some libertarian anarchists running around in the woods having a good time. What do they value the dime cards at? It's interesting. Porkfest alone is a crazy uh, liberty experiment, and just watching what happens. With you mentioned Agora Valley, there are all these vendors that are out there. Most of them are doing it without selling things without government permission. Uh, so you've got like Mandrick from uh, Mandrick.com who is you know, selling food. He doesn't get any kind of permission slip to do that. You've got all kinds of variety of people that are doing things like this. Liberty Forum has a little bit of that going yeah. on, but not, not nowhere near as much as uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I mean, what a radical idea. Truck a, a machine all the way from where? Arizona? Arizona. Where you yeah. You're going to pay for shipping a machine all the way up here and then uh, you know, drop it down well, out in this? Well, the original plan was to like, you know, get one out here or find someone out here, yeah. but it, a lot of research went into the machine itself. We bought a quality machine. We didn't want to get something off of Craigslist that you can't get parts for, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so, uh, but Ernest Hancock, to give him another uh, hat tip, uh, just got a – he got an RV donated some six months ago. He painted the thing blue and put a bunch of logos on it, so we're going to do our own little Liberty on Tour Perfect. kind of thing and the radio, and you, I mean, you guys know a little convoy, go, so. a convoy from Yeah, Arizona absolutely. Who, who wants to join us, you know, sort of thing. So, so, yeah, we'll tow it to Porkfest and a number of other events, and we have some sponsors involved, and we're looking for others to get involved with the project. But You know, this, again, isn't, a, this is an idea I've heard of before. Uh, one of our former co-hosts, Sam Dodson, was talking about doing this at one time. He kind of put it on the back burner and never did anything with it, so it's great to see someone moving forward with this. I've heard there there is something else that exists like this out there, like a gold vending machine or something. There are gold vending machines all around the world. They're really interesting because they don't have them in America. The only one they actually do have in America is in the Golden Nugget Hotel in Vegas, so it's a huh. kind of novelty. But you can get grams of gold out of these vending machines at a premium. But um, Silver's I, a whole lot less risky to, uh, absolutely. <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. But all that said, you know, having vending you machines... You need an armed guard by your machine. Well, right, no, no, no I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. I'm surrounded by libertarians who respect my property and are not going to well, break my machine. Well, at yeah, that's, that's probably yeah. true. And, and at the other events, we'll, it'll be up monitored at all times. So we don't expect to, 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 to put this in a fixed location. That's that's not the goal of it. But um, yeah, well, I would hope that eventually it might be the goal to put some there, of these machines in like shopping malls and other places. Well, I don't know. I got, they hear they got this activist center down in Keene. That might be a good place. There are for places one. like that here in New Hampshire. We're going to probably see more of them popping up. Where can people go? Best, best website for you. What is this coinworth.info? Is a good one. And click the about page. Uh, but we'll probably announce it on Freedoms Phoenix and Don't Tread on Meme here in the next few weeks. So. Exciting. Drew Phillips, thank always, thank you uh, for coming on the program tonight. More remains and uh, to be said here from the Liberty Forum. Stay tuned.
This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Still enough time to sneak your call in if you would like to uh, jump into the conversation here. Just because we've got guests in all night doesn't mean that we still aren't interested in talking to you as well. 855-450-FREE. In what are the remaining moments, at least of Free Talk Live being here live from the uh, the Port... The, not Port Freedom Festival. The, uh, the Liberty Forum. I, got, I guess I've got Porkfest on the brain. Mark, you and I, we uh, did some recruiting for Porkfest today. Uh, we're helping people get signed up for this event that's coming up June 18th through the 24th. And I don't know if the website has launched yet for Porkfest, but it's usually porkfest.com. P-R-C-F-E-S-T. Right, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We'll, we'll let you know more about that as, uh, as it comes up. That'll be another focus after the Liberty Forum wraps up, which tomorrow will be a closing ceremony. And uh, that'll be that. People will go their separate ways. Some folks are going to run out of New Hampshire immediately. Some folks are going to go back to their homes elsewhere in New Hampshire because this event attracts people from all over the place. Not just in New Hampshire because people are here because of the Free State Project moving together with other like-minded folks who believe in freedom and are willing to do something about it, but others are coming from around the, the rest of the country and indeed around the globe to experience this event. Uh, there's a gentleman uh, from France that I met uh, the other night and uh, quite a few, a couple, uh, I saw three Brits. A few folks are, are here from Canada and we have one of the, uh, oh sorry I had your microphone muted, oh, go ahead Kevin. A uh, presenter from Germany was here also. Excellent. Work, has been working in Spain. Kevin yeah. uh, yeah. Innes is also well, with us from uh, mm-hmm. from Canada, and uh, not the only Canuck in the house uh, this evening. Jody Emery uh, oh, was okay. here from Cannabis Culture. Uh, she was speaking mm-hmm. uh, this weekend as well. So it's an, it's truly an international event, and uh, and Porkfest is the is the same way. So uh, our number again eight five five four fifty free is the uh, the toll free number here. And Kevin, you are we kind of briefly talked about you in the last segment of the program and. Some of your history, you've been, uh, been involved with the alternative currency movement, specifically the Liberty Dollar, for a right. number of years. You were one of the Liberty Dollar. Uh, you weren't an associate. You were uh, one of the uh, regional currency offices. Is that right? Well, yes. Uh, we used, the process was you started as an associate. Um, there was like a small fee. It wasn't multi-level. It was like one level. Right. And then, direct uh, sales. Direct sales, sales yeah. And then uh, if you wanted to take extra responsibility for an area, then there was a fee, a paid yearly fee, plus training and and then that um, you distributed it in that particular area. My area was Western North Carolina. You were Ash- the Asheville area, is that what, right? Yeah, Western North Carolina. And uh, so they went after the Liberty Dollar. You, for whatever reason, were chosen. I guess that's where the investigation took place. So you had the, the luck of the draw, right, in being the the location where they decided to, to, to crack down. I mean, because there were these regional currency offices all over the place. Shortly after I got my training to be a regional currency officer, I went had somebody going around to local stores to see who would like to be participating in a local currency. To, to take this silver right. dollar, this, uh, this Liberty dollar and, and right. start giving it out in change to customers. Yeah, as a way to promote local business and uh, keep the money around here. And banks were not taking it. I mean, of course many not. people tried. They don't, they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. What's a bank going to do with silver? I mean, they're not I have, sure how to handle there's it. There's a story about that. I was at my local First Citizens Bank, which is a bank down in North Carolina, and uh, uh, the teller said, oh, yeah, I've seen these before when I showed it to her. My husband uh, got one from the local shopping center and asked me what I should do with it. And I said, well, let me check online while she was at work and uh, checked online. Oh, you can go to Asheville Pizza Brewing Company and use that if you like. And he had picked uh-huh. it up as an employee of Ingalls, uh, of a local shopping center. Hmm. So that was just, this was bank tellers that were telling, you know, their relatives, other people. I know, yeah, no, it's, of course it's not regular money. Clearly, right? it's not. And so, but you know, let's check brown, out where you can green. use it. Where you can use it locally. Then some people. There was a bank actually in Asheville that it was accepting it for Incredible. a while because all the employees wanted it for themselves. Ah, it's nice. They saw it. Thought, wow, these are cool. 
And they silver? were cool. Yeah. And they still are cool if you yeah. can get your hands on them. But they're contraband now. I don't know if you – I'm sure you've heard about this, but our listeners may not have known this. This uh, alternative currency, brilliant uh, silver piece, beautiful uh, collectible uh, piece mm-hmm. – has been made into contraband, and I'm not exaggerating on that point. They cl- right. they they convicted uh, Bernard von Nothaus of so-called counterfeiting, which is a huge insult uh, because he didn't counterfeit anything. He wasn't trying to riff off of the U.S. currency. He was trying to replace the currency. He was trying to compete with the uh, the currency, the U.S. This currency. This has been the process of a browbeat grand jury, as well as a browbeat jury. Mm-hmm. That have kotowed to some strong personality in the jury, perhaps, perhaps, Who or knows? from. It's uh, sad what and, they've done. And as I was, <laughs> I've written before. I think the grand jury was made up of a bunch of um, people with seeing eye dogs, and the seeing eye dogs were not helping them out very much to it's, tell whether this money looks the same as. The United it's not the States same shape. It's not the same well, color. There was I mean, the, the silver piece was round. Right. I mean, it was the same shape, but uh, it, it was mostly Ron Paul pieces that were confiscated it, from the, <laughs> yeah, the like Liberty the, Dollar Office. Like the feds this are is Ron Paul on a piece of currency. But all that on, t- on top of that, the most obvious difference to me was it had a phone number or a website on it. I mean, <laughs> how many times you've seen that ever on a piece? In of In God currency? We Trust is a national motto mm-hmm. from the Star Spangled Banner. Isn't it? Yeah, but the pieces don't and, fit in God We Trust. Right. right. So who would not know that that would be a different phrase? Oh, you're trying to mislead people by saying trust in God? Trust in God, yeah. Oh, uh, something doesn't fit. I mean, about, for most people have grown up with it their whole life. Manufacturer su- suggested retail price. I mean, that on the U.S. currency. It's just so obvious. <laughs> yeah, and, and so he's facing, he still hasn't been sentenced, as I understand That's it. That's right. They want to recently. draw this out as long as possible. The idea is dismantlement. How can you use the legal process to, destroy to embroil them and not, like in my case, they, I was there for two years and two weeks before trial, they offered me a $300 fine. <laughs> a little late, served. guys. Time two time years served. you stayed in their jail and then they offer you a $300 fine That's right. as a plea bargain. I mean, well, it, this is criminal. Um, That's what they do, Mark. They're criminals. They're protecting their butt, is what they're doing. They, they sure didn't want are. to lose at court, mm-hmm. but then uh, I didn't necessarily want to win at court either. Court sucks. I mean, it's terrible. I don't blame you for walking right out of there. How? What if I would have won? Then what? Am I going to be harassed still? Maybe. You know. Now, wh- where are you these so days? So far, I mean, no problem. Are you still <laughs> down in North Carolina? Where, yeah. Where? Okay. And I see you up here fairly often. So, I mean, are you, uh, you know, just like to come up and hang out with these people? Are you considering a move to you New Hampshire? You guys are cool. What mm-hmm. can I say? Are, are you considering a move to New Hampshire at all? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, no, it's not right for everybody, but uh, but we do. Uh, no, but love I, the idea. as move, you know, hey, I'm kind of mobile. So I'm down sure. there, and Utah's look beckoning me, and you so is New Hampshire. About, you wanted to talk about Utah tonight. Oh What's yes. Going on out there? Uh, I talked with Larry Hilton, who is the attorney behind the formation of the legislation with um, uh, a state monetary initiative. This which, is where the state recognizes gold and silver as a as a currency. Is that right? Yes, it was the Legal Tender Act of 2011, Utah's Legal Tender Act of 2011, which acknowledged silver and gold made by the U.S. Mint as legal tender in the in the state. Now, it's just gone before committee in the House, the state House. Uh, it's going to go before the... It's gone through committee, and then they're going to have the vote, and if it passes, then it'll go on to the Senate 
for kind of firming that up to be able to have other Some forms clarity. of silver and gold besides so just, US just mint US pieces. Mint. Yeah, okay. because the, hey, the state constitution says so. It right. has to be silver and gold. It doesn't specify it has to be made by the U.S. Mint. So they're taking that to the next level is what you're saying. That's good to know. Yeah, just slowly, and then it has to go through and have uh, uh, judges to have a declaratory judgment is what it's called, to have the judges in the Supreme Court decide whether, you know, do their legal arguments, and then has much more of a firm standing in the law in in, in um, Utah State. Well, for me, obviously, it's a bummer when other uh, states kind of get a jump on New Hampshire. Like, you know, it'd be nice, yeah. if, we had, uh, hey, it'd be nice if we had decriminalized cannabis here. It'd be nice if we had silver and gold as uh, as official currencies. But I think that they can learn. They, they can learn from the other the lessons of other places. That's exactly. The thing. That's the idea. What you guys are doing and other people are doing. Let's connect these great successes that people are having around the country. And when I see the uh, the amount of amazing, talented, friendly people that are coming into this movement, I just know, and I, we are, we've already seen amazing changes happen thus far here in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, just as a small example, that on a political level, uh, Jen Coffey, one of the elected free stater representatives, has uh, put forth and had success with repealing the knife ban. You, you can carry any knife you want to in New Hampshire, and it's, oh. it is not illegal. You know, a lot of Knives places, are the freest in the world in New Hampshire. A, lo- a lot a lot of places, you, you know, you can't have a butterfly knife. You can't have a, a, a variety of different types of uh, blades. In many, many cases, over three inches, no go. I so just talked to her today. She said, uh, you know, this is a legislator and an EMT. She says, i got a switchblade on me right now. This is, it's, I mean, that, that alone, I mean, it seems like a little thing, but for, yeah. you know, it's, it's no, a pretty, that's cool. it's an indicator of some of the things that are happening here. And people are getting elected, they're, uh, they're doing civil disobedience, and it's, it's always great to, to see the wonderful folks coming here to the Liberty Forum. And you obviously keep coming back because yeah. the community is incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is, yes. There's nothing like this uh, in Utah. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised, but it takes different form. I see okay? what you're saying. There's a lot of very um, concerned people about what's going on. And they've taken just a different track in order to approach that issue. What I like about this movement is you've got a bunch of people who are coming to the same place from Utah, from Florida, from California. People are fed up with the way things are, and they want to make it better and improve things. Kevin Ennis, thanks for sitting in on Thank Free you. Talk Live tonight. Thank you, sir. And, uh, and of course, we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night because, Mark, you're going to be not, you're not, not going to be here. Stephanie will be taking care of the Sunday night show at freetalklive.com. We'll be live from the Liberty Forum next